Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, yo, 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 everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. All set for that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues into our ninth season, our 33rd episode, actually 34th, mark that, of going on Week by week by week here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We appreciate all those that are giving us a listen. We are in week number four of the NFL. We are already up and running where the Minnesota Vikings had a tough time over in L.A. taking on the Rams. So the question is really a big one, especially in the NFC North. I, you know, what's going on with Minnesota? They they got their quarterback. They got their boy. Come on, you got your boy. You got to be happy. You got your boy up there. Kirk Cousins, the big, big money maker. That man that is supposed to bring W's to your team. Guess what? Hadn't happened. And that's tough, tough news. Because you would think Minnesota would be on top of that division. <clears throat> one, two, and one. In third place, Chicago might win today. Green Bay might win today. Hell, even Detroit might win today. The landscape of most of these divisions in the NFL has changed. Cuervo's going to come on with our picks that we started at the beginning of the season in our pregame. And when he comes on with that, we're going to give the opportunity, this will be your last opportunity to make changes of where you think these divisions are going to end. I know I've got to make some changes. I had San Francisco winning the West. Now, granted, maybe that was a hope for Jimmy G., Maybe that was a hope for a storied franchise that has been ran piss poor for many years. Maybe getting back up online by getting their quarterback, and of course the quarterback goes down. So it is definitely a different picture over in the West. And what do you think? Are are the Miami Dolphins for real or are they pretenders? We're going to find that out today. No, Sean Lee for the Dallas Cowboys from my locals, folks. That's not good news for the Dallas Cowboys at all. And and I actually picked the Dallas Cowboys to win this division. That's definitely a change. And it's not a change because of normally what people talk about. And what I mean by that for people that are my locals, the people that are in Dallas, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with Tony Romo. I don't have a problem with that. I only had a problem with one player out on that football team, and that was Des Bryant. Take away from that, my problem has been since they let Mr. Fitz 
weeks ago, and I'm talking about Wade Phillips, who is doing outstanding things over in L.A. right now and embarrassing the Dallas Cowboys for ever letting this guy ever go, at least as a defensive coordinator. He's made a great big joke of the Dallas Cowboys. However, the Dallas Cowboys have a pretty good habit of making themselves look like a joke out on the football field. And that comes from this year, probably more than ever, comes from leadership. It comes from coaching. It comes from the front office. It comes from what you're going to do when you take a big cock and say whatever it is. I hate I, – I, I, I put it out there. I don't like Des Bryant. Des Punk. He's the lowest form of humanity on the face of this earth. He is lower than the pus that feeds off the bacteria that lives at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Okay? That's what I think about him. But – that guy's gone. And now you're left with the Dallas Cowboys that are not the Dallas Cowboys that people are used to seeing. And I will tell you, I think they got the talent. Now, granted, the offensive line is not the offensive line of two years, I marked that, three years, and as of last year. They are missing vital, vital people on that offensive line, and when you combine it without your defensive leader, Sean Lee, out on the football field, Dallas Cowboys are going to have a hard time winning the football game today. And the reason might be, they might be able to get over the hump of not having those guys. They just don't have a front office or a coaching staff that is respected enough for anybody to think that they should be able to win today against Detroit at home. Now, granted, they're at home. They should have a home field advantage. But if you've been out to that Dallas stadium, there's no such thing really as a home field advantage. Everybody comes from everybody that's a cheap ticket. From Detroit to Dallas, there's going to be some Dallas fans in the stands. They probably paid more for the ticket for the football game than they did for the airline ticket to come down to watch this game. Hell, they might have paid more in parking <laughs> if they weren't spared airlines. That's a, By the way, if you're going to go fly somewhere, spared airlines, just go in for a day. Going out, flying out in the morning, catching the game, coming back at nighttime, catch spirit if you can. Because you don't have to bring bags, you just need to bring your wallet. And if you need bags for a one-day trip, you must have a woman coming with you. But take away from that. It is what it is. Lots of big-time games. The Dallas game is a big game because of my locals. But at the same time, you are going to get a direction of what the Dallas Cowboys are this year with this game. Because let's be honest. You should pick the Dallas Cowboys to win this football game if they're healthy and ready to go and they were the contenders and not the pretenders that they have been in the past. This should be an easy pick. Detroit's not playing well. Dallas should be playing well if you go by paper. This should be an easy game. There's also another game that's out there. I've listened to the experts, and, and I don't know who people have been watching for the last few years. I'm going to talk about that one. It's going to be it's going to be our one, two, three, four, five, sixth game, fifth game that we talk about today. 
And I'm talking about up in New England. We're going to talk about that. And there's another there's another thing that's out there that is getting a lot of love, and I don't want to blow because I'm going to blow. Today, Sonny Clark just may blow a gasket because I don't know what people are thinking. I don't know what football they've been watching all year, but there, there is an upset pick that's out there, and they think it's not an upset pick. And their pick is upset. Experts are coming in, and I'm gonna. I am. I'm gonna jump all over this one like flies on it, folks. I mean that 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 big brown pile of heaping, smelling BS that I'm listening to that I've heard this week. Okay, I'm gonna scoop it up and put it in a seal-proof bag where you can't smell that stench because that's a horrible pick, by the way. And we'll talk about that. We are on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the games that happened, but let me go ahead and bring in Todd. Todd, welcome into the show. How are you doing, man? Sonny, good. Thanks for having me on. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to our Raleigh Eagles, man. 30 points without uh, giving up one in the second half and that huge win over uh, North Garland on uh, Friday night. And thanks for your call on Facebook Live. That was a lot of fun. Oh, good life. We're just lucky the limbs didn't break. I mean, we got two ugly guys up in that. There's a reason why ugly people are on radio. Ugly people got to make a living, too, so that's why we're right there. So, But, yeah, we're going to try to do that. It just depends on whether or not we can get an angle in the booth. We're going to try to do that for the rest of the year. Um, we'll try to do that over at um, uh, HBJ Stadium as the Raleigh Eagles actually take on the Colonels. On Thursday night, Thursday night football game, you can catch that on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Uh, the pregame show will be up on Thursday. I'm not going to have time to get it to get it up to get it up before Wednesday, so it will be at two o'clock on Thursday. That'll lead you into the games that are happening. But you, you, I, I'm going to ask a guy that watches a lot of football, lots of guy that has an opinion on a lot. I mean, it, Minnesota's got their boy up there, okay? But the Minnesota Vikings are in a horrible position at 1-2-1, one, and one, already done for this week, too, by the way. Chicago could go up to 3-1. and one. Green Bay could go to 2-1-1-1, one, one, and one, or 2-1-1, one, and one. and Detroit could actually move ahead of them as well, depending on what happens. What, what is your opinion about what we're seeing in Minnesota? Well, you can't really blame her cousins for what happened on Thursday night. Uh, Mike Zimmer was really, really upset after the game. Uh, he talked a lot about uh, the defense and what have you. And, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins did his job Thursday night. It's the defense that was just, it, it, you know, abdominable. And, you know, the thing is, it, it wasn't much better the previous week against uh, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, if the Buffalo Bills put up 27 points on you, this was supposed to be Mike Zimmer's baby. He He's run defense for years with Cincinnati as a coordinator, and he had such a successful defensive unit with the Vikings. The issue, Kirk Cousins is definitely not – he was good last week, but obviously he was uh, really awful against Buffalo, no question on that issue. He wasn't all that hot against the Packers either. And even against San Francisco, he struggled. And, you know, I've been an advocate. I felt that the Vikings needed to sign him, uh, that I felt he was an upgrade over Sam Bradford. Now, you're talking about changing picks. I picked Minnesota at the start of the season. 
it's a little bit too soon for me on this one to change it, but it, it does tempt you. But I'm not. I'm going to have to stick with it for now, hoping that this extra days off is going to help whatever issues the Vikings are having defensively. Because, and I apologize, I don't have internet today. I don't have my notes, but I don't know if Minnesota's missing defensive players due to injury or whatever. I don't think they are. I think they're pretty much a full-on team. But uh, that's the issue of the side of the ball they're going to have to fix and also not turning the ball over. Now, they didn't turn the ball over that much against the Rams. They did against Buffalo. But, uh, yeah, this is what happens a lot of times when there's a lot of hype and a lot of, uh, you know, attention brought to different teams. And, you know, all it takes is one screw-up. Now, we learn now that the San Francisco 49ers um, really maybe were not as far along as we thought, even when Jimmy G was playing uh, you know, now uh, they're going to be lucky with C.J. Beathard to win two or three more games the rest of the season. The Vikings do have a tremendous amount of problems, and they're under a lot of pressure because they're supposed to take the next step this year. And obviously Cousins is the big money guy, and he has to find a way. There's no excuses to lead the team. If they play crappy defensively, he's going to have to outscore the defense. And um, we learned Thursday night he's unable to do that. The Rams just have a yeah. more balanced team, more weapons, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, I wouldn't call it a crisis yet, but it's definitely – they should be extremely concerned because, again, as I say, defense was supposed to be the calling card where, you know, in the past the Vikings would win, you know, they could win the game 24 to 14 or whatever. Um, <laughs> they have not played really good defense all season long. That is an issue. And if they don't fix it, you're right. They're going to continue to struggle. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to say it. Some people just have bad mojo, okay? I think that's Kirk Cousins. I really do. But there's someone that won't agree to me with that on me. That'd be the fine co-host of this program. It's Where Moana Sunday morning. Good morning, my friend. What's going on, dog? What's going on, Sunday? Good morning to you as well, Todd. How are you guys doing? Good, Corver. Good to hear from you. Let's hope the Bears keep it rolling today. I hope so. So, so let me ask you a question. I'm gonna, and, and then we'll go into your portion because I asked you to bring the paperwork because my paperwork got wet. What's going on with Minnesota? I mean, you got your boy up there. You 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 called and cried, and you got your boy. But now they still can't win football games uh, up in Minnesota, Cuervo. They're one, two, and one, Cuervo. That that that's not what you expected from Minnesota this year. Yeah, you know that, that's a real shot to the gut, Sonny. You know you lose two games in four days. Um, that that doesn't sit well with any football team. But um, I think a lot of people expected. Uh, Minnesota to not win that game Thursday night. With, with, with the, really the punch to the gut was uh, last, was last Sunday against at home against the Buffalo Bills. That one is a, was a real um, you know momentum swinger in the wrong direction, and uh, I think you saw the effects of it not only just on being on short rest, but having to travel across country, uh, coming off of a loss to a team that you should have beaten. It, it, this. You know, Sonny, this could be the the start of something, uh, you know, like a domino effect for the Minnesota Vikings. But I, I, I do expect them to, you know, bounce back uh, to a certain degree. 
And uh, it sounds like you have, you have something you want to say about Mr. Cousins. Uh, well, no, yeah, I, I just think he's the most overrated football player in the NFL right now. I just, I do. Uh, and one of the fact that we we talked about this guy, you know, and the money that he makes, and and the reason why he's overrated because of the money that he's making and his performance that we've seen so far this year. Now, granted, he had a bad game against Buffalo, but the rest of the games he hasn't been bad. But guess what? Big time guys that make big time money are supposed to win you big time games. And guess what? That's not happening up in Minnesota. That tie was an embarrassment. That should have never happened. And that tie goes up on him. And you can you can talk about a lot of things. You can talk about the defense. You can talk about a kicker. You can talk about everything. But when it comes down to the brass nuts of the whole situation, it's your quarterback. And right now, Minnesota's got a little bit. It's not that they don't have a problem. And it's not because they're not playing well, but he's got to have that it factor to get him up and over. Now he's got, he's got no excuses. He's got the wide receivers. He's got the weapons. He's got him being the million-dollar man that he is. He's got to perform better. He's got to get him over the hump to get those victories. And he is the one, rightfully or wrongfully, Cuervo, is the person that is going to be responsible for the fact that they don't win games. Now, we are expecting a lot from their defense, but their defense, you could not expect the same defense that you saw last year from week to week to week. There's a whole year of film, and you've got to give offensive coordinators a little credit, uh, maybe figuring out a little bit about what's going on with Mike Zimmer's offense. I don't know. We'll, we'll take a look at that. Now, Cuervo. Let's do this. Let's talk about the divisions. And we we got eight divisions to cover. We're just going to go over them really quick uh, for quick changes, and then we're going to get into some of the games, uh, all the games for the rest of it. Let's start with the AFC East. Who did you have, and uh, do you want to make any changes in the AFC East? Uh, Give me, you know, Sonny, I I apologize. I got to pull the page up, (laughs) but uh, I do have, I do have the the notes with me. I just got to find them real quick. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily know we were going to it right away. Okay, here we go. Um, So you said the AFC East? Yes. Okay. So as of right now in the AFC East, we both, (laughs) we both, we have the Miami Dolphins finishing last Hello. Uh, yep. You have Buffalo, you have Buffalo finishing third. Uh, I have the New York Jets finishing third. You have the Jets finishing second, and I have Buffalo finishing second. And of course, we both have the winning the division. So that being said, obviously Miami is off to a hot start. The Jets, eh, not so much, and the Buffalo Bills are who they are. So, um. For me, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to switch the Jets and I'm going to switch Miami. I think Miami, even though as hot as they are right now, I think it's going to fizzle away because we see it every year, Sonny. We, we see teams that, that get off to a hot start and we're like, okay, this team's a shit, right? And then we we blink our eyes and they go from being three and zero to being four and five and you're like, what yep. happens to this team? And so and I think the Miami Dolphins are going to be a prime example of that. So 
I'm not moving Miami up too much, you know, too much farther up. I'll give them one spot going from four, from last to third, but uh, I'm not going to have them anything higher than that because I just don't think they're good in a football team. So I'm going to make that switch. I got the Jets going last and Miami finishing third. Okay, I st- I moved I moved a little bit. I moved Buffalo up to or uh, Buffalo to last. Okay, they're the worst team in the NFL right now. I moved Miami to second and New York to third. That's the same. Uh, now, do you have Buffalo over the Jets, or are you right there with uh, uh, with the Jets over Buffalo? No, I have Buffalo over there. So I have the I have the Jets now finishing last in the division with Miami. Uh, third, Buffalo second, and New England first. Very good. All right, so now let's switch to the north. This is always a tough division. Um, let us know who we have as of now, and I'm going to be honest, I don't think I'm going to make any changes because I think I did pretty good on the picks. Go ahead there. FC North. Cuervo, I think you're on mute. Or did I lose Cuervo? There he is. Give me one second. Sorry about that. So you you let let you want us to jump into the games and we'll come to this at the end of the show. Okay, I, I, I think Cuervo is going to be a little incommunicado, so that's what we are going to do. What we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to, we're just going to jump right into the games and get to the games that uh, that are on the list. So um, that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're going to go ahead and do that. So uh, we will go and do our changes towards the end of this uh, end of the show. Uh, per se. So let's go to the first game that's up on tap. I don't have a lot to say about this. I don't feel great about the game. I, uh, so the, the Buffalo Bills are going to Green Bay. The only thing that I worry about in reality when I look at this game, okay, is, is Buffalo good enough to get lucky? And I, so I worry about that a little bit when I take the pick because immediately, I, like I just said, I think the Buffalo Bills are the worst team in this NFL. And they're not sure if they're going to have their running back. And uh, But the Green Bay Packers, you know, I'm just going to say it straight out, the Green Bay Packers are a better football team. They got the better quarterback, even if he was on one full leg. Um, he's not going to be there. Buffalo was a 17-point dog to Minnesota, um, and they ended up where they ended up. uh, So they could cover a spread. Buffalo could cover a spread, but I don't think they're good enough to get the victory. So, uh, Cuervo, what do you think about the the Buffalo Bills in Green Bay? Is there a lot to talk about this one? I'm on Green Bay all over it. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I, I guess the uh, looking at the face of this matchup, you know, not really digging into to numbers or, or anything like that. You know, your instinct is going to tell you, you know, Green Bay all the way. Well, we said that last week too when they played the Minnesota Vikings, and you saw what happened. Yep. Now I'm not I'm not saying the Buffalo Bills are going to pull off another shocking win, um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on the Bills. I think they they're feeling good about themselves. Uh, as far as getting that win last week against the Vikings. And 
I, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, it was a big win for them. This, you know, we always talk about it, Sonny. Wins like that can really propel the start of your of your season, even though we're four weeks into it now. Um, but you know, you get that you get that one win that you kind of maybe in the back of your mind you weren't expecting. Because let's be honest, I mean, everybody's going to tell you like, oh yeah, we expect to win every game, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I think there are certain games where you're like, and they're just better than us. And, you know, let's just hope we don't embarrass ourselves. They turn around and they embarrass the Vikings at home. So, um, yeah, you know, but as far as this one, I think, you know, like you said, I mean, I, uh, as much as, you know, you're, you're not a Kirk Cousins fan. Um, Aaron Rodgers is obviously the better quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has the more experience. He has, you know, the, the, the tools to beat teams like this that, that are, you know, starting to heat up. And, and, you know, if if there's anybody that can cool a team down, it's him. So, um, you know, I look at the game so last week. They played Washington, if I remember right. And yeah. you know, even though even though Green Bay lost, I think uh, for for the for the condition that that Rodgers is in right now, I think the Packers are doing all right. Uh, I, I wouldn't be too upset if I was a if I was a Packer fan. So um, I expect Green Bay to bounce back today, and I think. I think we'll get a win over both of those. Todd, what do you think about this one? I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty glued in. Better team is Green Bay, but can Buffalo pull it off? Or do you think Buffalo is going to pull it off? Well, Sonny, the thing is, you're going to have to help me along with the injury report because I've lost my notes. But the thing about it is, I always look at the injury report as a big factor before I even think of anything. But um, if McCoy is out to give him any kind of semblance of a running game. And I, I, I don't see how they'll have a, a chance. I'm not going to under, underestimate Josh Allen. He's actually been decent the last couple of games, but I completely agree with Corvo on this. It's one of those things where instinct will tell you that the Packers will win, but, but not by as many uh, points as one might think. What is the spread on this game? I'm, I'm looking up at that right now. It's ten and a half, and I know at one point it was when it first opened up, it was fourteen and a half. So it has dipped down to ten and a half right now. That's probably because of the injury issues the Packers are facing. But there's an old axiom that generally goes to play here: is that anytime you see somebody questionable in an injury report, more often than not they'll play. And that's Aaron Rodgers. He was listed as questionable on the injury report as of the other day. I will be honest with you, the Packers dropped so much down to backup quarterback, unlike a lot of teams that have a little better backup QBs, that if Aaron Rodgers was, was held out in this game, it would not stun me that Buffalo would pull off an upset. But assuming he will play, again, it should be, it should be enough at home for them. Their defense has not been overwhelming at all by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Clay Matthews has done a great amount of stuff, but um, it should be enough today uh, for the Packers um, uh, over the Buffalo Bills. And if, if they can't, if Buffalo cannot keep the Packers off 
the field with a, any kind of a semblance of a running game, it's going to be difficult for Josh Allen. He's not going to be able to beat him through the air. He's going to obviously he'll have a couple picks. But I like Green Bay. But Buffalo's defense is good enough where I could see this game. They can keep it relatively close. That 10.5-point spread to me looks pretty good. Um, I would say Green Bay would win somewhere around 9, 10, 11 points. Yeah, and just as we spoke, it dropped to nine. So that's how quick the the uh, lines are dropping. So people are taking the money, uh, taking the bet up on that one as well. So uh, just within that. So we got everybody on Green Bay. We'll get Tarvin's pick a little bit later. I just messaged him to uh, get his picks uh, in here. So that will lead us to the next game, which is – which you'll say whatever you want. Uh, when you look at games and you I, – I, I love division games, but – Sometimes the division games, when you get outside of them, they create good ones. This one here, Cincinnati 2-1 and Atlanta 1-2, it's got a lot of confusion as far as what I look at in a game. Uh, Falcons right now 1-2, they want to obviously get their running game back. They haven't had it, and that's going to be a problem. Andy Dalton, 74 of 116 for 860 yards in three games. Okay, that's tied for third in the league with eight touchdowns. All right, so that having been said, when you look at everything else, you look at Matt Ryan, he's 70 of 106, okay, for 890-some-odd uh, yards with seven touchdowns. But um, you say whatever you want about those. Those five TD uh, passes came in the shootout against New Orleans last week. So you got to kind of, you know, look at the touchdown ratio in that game and kind of drop it a little bit. Um, so – Atlanta at home, Atlanta run the ball 22 times for 48 yards against the Saints, rushing 32 uh, times for 170 yards against Carolina. The Falcons ran the ball only four times in the fourth quarter against the Saints. So this is going to be a shootout in reality as far as where this game is going because Andy Dalton has the hot hand. They don't have a running game up there. They lost Nixon. Um, so Atlanta, they're questionable with their running back, Cuervo. So I'm looking at this game. There's a lot of things. This one's going to come down to who's trigger happy enough um, uh, with the ball uh, at the quarterback position. What do you think about this game, Cincinnati and Atlanta? Yeah, Sonny, you know, when you when you really look at it, these teams kind of have similar problems um, to start off their season. You know, they lose their running game. Um, yep. So defense is, is spotty at times. Uh, but the offense is, is carrying their football team. To. What I would say is that, yes, I agree. I think I, I think I could see – we could see a high-scoring game here. I think this could be one of those – you know, the red zone games that you kind of pay attention to more than others come going into the fourth quarter. It's going to be, you know, one of those one-score games that the red zone pays attention to more than, than yep. uh, other games. But, um, you know, I, I look at the yeah, – and you're right. You know, most of Matt Ryan's production was last week alone against the Saints. And, you know, what that kind of tells me is that it comes in punches when it comes to the Atlanta Michigan. And yep. I think we need more consistency out of Atlanta. If they're going to make a run at the playoffs, if they're going to make a run at, at trying to get back to being the team that that they that we feel they are or, or that they need to be, 
And, you know, it can't be 20 points one game and, and in 45 the next. You've got to be a little more consistent than that. And, you know, believe it or not, Sonny, say what you want about the Cincinnati Bengals. They've been the more consistent team offensively. Um, I agree. They, they put up – they put up uh, – from what I remember in the past three games at least, at least a 25 to 30 birds or so. Um, they've been a lot more consistent than the Atlanta Falcons have, and, and that could, you know, spell, you know, be in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. Yeah, I, I'm looking at this game here. I've I, I, got to figure out who's the better defense. Normally I look at the Atlanta defense and see who the coach is and go, wow, you know, I think I'm pretty good here. Uh, but say whatever you want about Cincinnati, okay? Cincinnati's been winning football games, and um, they've been doing it also with their defense. And so when I'm looking at the game, I figure out who has the better defense right now. I think I'm on Cincinnati with a better defense. Um, the, the, I'm, I don't know if we're going to get the kind of thing that we got with the a wide receivers over there um, as uh, they – you know, Julio Jones is is I I don't know if it's a problem or not. I warned everybody about him getting involved with T.O. at the beginning of the year to change his attitude, and I think that part has happened. I think there's an attitude change. So someone has to step up, and Ridley has stepped up. Okay, Alabama alum. That's where Julio Jones. You know, that's they're both from the same place. Uh, so both of them stepped up, but I'm not expecting the same kind of game with Ridley, um, you know, and I don't know if Julio Jones is in it. I really don't. So I'll t- throw it to Todd. I'm on Cincinnati. I think they got the better defense. I think they got the better offense. And, you know, and, and so I'll, I'll throw it to Todd. What do you think about this one here, Cincinnati at Atlanta? Sonny, you could be right. Honestly, I wish I could see this game. It's going to be the most entertaining game of the day, in my opinion. It's going to be – a shootout. I could see 50s combined points for both teams. I completely agree with Cuervo and you guys. This is a mirror image. These teams are more or less a mirror image of each other. Neither team uh, has a phenomenal running game, especially now the Bengals. You have to you know, analyze it and say which team will be hurt most by their injuries uh, in the running department, whether it be Coleman or, uh, uh, or you know, Mixon being out of this game. Mixon, though, is such a key member of the Bengals. Um, and I'll be honest with you, and I'm in agreement with you on this. I don't want to trust Atlanta and Steve Karskissian and Matt Ryan, um, you know, to save my life on a week-to-week basis. You don't know what you're going to get. But the way I look at it is, and here's another factor, A.J. Green is going to be playing today. Really did have, if I recall correctly, three scores last week. Uh, yeah, he did. It's, it's the lesser of two evils here, Sonny. I just think the Falcons are under enormous pressure. They're coming off a home loss, which, to be very honest with you, was embarrassing. And I say that even though you may think, well, gee, it was a shootout, close game. It was, because if you remember correctly, Atlanta had the lead late in the fourth quarter. They had a chance to put this game away. The Saints were their last drive in regulation. And for betters that had Atlanta last week, it had to be sickening to their stomach to watch Drew Brees dissect Atlanta in overtime you had no confidence Atlanta was going to get a stop, whether it be third down. Their defense was like a bad college defense. They never got the ball in overtime, and the Saints methodically went down the field after seven minutes and scored to win the game. So Atlanta's defense was on the field 
my God, probably the last several minutes of regulation, the overtime period. Um, I can't really blame Matt Ryan in this because he, he, the defense didn't do their job to get him the ball. Um, this is going to be a shootout. I have, I, I was torn on this game honestly all week long. I went back and forth with it. I just think, well, this is the Bengals' second road game and third road game in four so far this season. Andy Dalton has played at a high quality level. He has AJ Green, and it's going to be extremely difficult for the Atlanta secondary to be able to match up with him. Um, but I'll, I'll say I begrudgingly I went with Atlanta because they know they cannot fall to a one and three hole because the reality is the Saints kind of sent a message to everybody last week, Sonny, that we are now maybe going to start seeing the New Orleans Saints team that everybody expected at the start of the season. It looks like to me now they're on the beginning of what could be an unbelievable role, and Atlanta cannot afford to drop further behind in this division. And we'll get to the New Orleans Giants game later, but I, I'm going to go with Atlanta, but uh, trust me, it's not a solid, it's shaky. But it's going to be probably who has the ball last. Yep, and that, that could be the, uh, the question. Of course, A.J. Green uh, being a big factor. Cuervo, who do you have in this one? It's going to sound really cliche, guys, but uh, I, the only reason I'm going to stick with the Atlanta Falcons is because they're at home. And, and Sonny, you and I have talked about this multiple times. The Atlanta Falcons are just a different team when they're at home. I know they lost last week to the to the Saints at home, um, but them getting another opportunity to bounce back at home, I think they're going to take advantage of it. It's going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. But in the end, I like Atlanta with the home field. So that goes up on, we got, I'm on Cincinnati, uh, Cuervo and Todd on Atlanta. That leads us to our next game here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. For our local folks, there's a, there, there is a bad combination happening in Dallas. I have the Dallas Cowboys win this division. I, I don't know if they're going to win this division. I, it, and I, I talked about it briefly at the beginning. This is a football team I think I think in reality are cursed as far as the talent of their football team. Because you look at paper, and, and every year everybody does look at paper at the beginning of the year. Everybody has the Dallas Cowboys up there. Well, now they, they've got some major losses on the offensive line. They have a big-time loss. The reason why I'm on the Detroit Lions today, Sean Lee not in the lineup for the Dallas Cowboys. This guy's the backbone, okay? He is the leader of the defense. So when he's not out there, they don't have a chance. I'm sorry. And the Detroit Lions will go ahead and try to throw the football, and they will go ahead and test this defense. They will put this, you know, overrated defensive secondary on, you know, on call in this game. But the real fact of the matter is, is the reason why I'm not picking the Dallas Cowboys in this game is coaching. Okay, the coaching through the first three weeks of this season for the Dallas Cowboys has been an utter joke. Okay, whether it is they are, and there's going to be a scapegoat, and that's going to be the offensive. Uh, that's going to be the offensive coordinator. It won't be Jason Garrett because Jason Garrett has a lot of stock in chapstick. Okay, so when he walks into Jerry Jones' office and he says, "Which flavor would you like me to kiss your ass with this week?" I'll put a lot on for you, and that's what's happening. So it's going to go to the offensive. It's going to go to the offensive uh, coordinator. That is going to be 
the scapegoat on what's happening up here in Dallas. And and, and I'm going to tell you, as far as the Dallas Cowboys are concerned, they should win this division. They're not going to and unless they make a change. Um, but I think that change has to be with the head coach, not the offensive coordinator, even though he probably should go as well. But you you already know they're not going to change the head coach of this football team. So Scott, uh, Scott uh, Lanahan is on the hot seat, Cuervo. It's not even Jason Garrett. So, Cuervo, when you're looking at this game, you know, I, I, this one came really easy to me. So, the combination of not having coaching, not having Sean Lee, that offensive line is just, it's left, you know, having the worst time in the world. Even though the Dallas Cowboys are home, I don't know how they win this game, Cuervo. Yeah, this one's going to be a tough one, Sonny. Um, you're right. The, you know, the Cowboys have a lot of problems. But here's my question. When are we going to start holding Jason Barrett accountable? I mean, honestly. Absolutely. Like, I, get it. I get it. You know, he, 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 he's got – you know, he's probably invested in Chapstick as, as much as as much Absolutely. as he's buying to kiss Jerry Jones' butt. But at the same time, you know, when are we going to hold him accountable? It just it just seems like every time the Dallas Cowboys are kind of in a slump of some sort, we always point in every direction but Jason Garrett's, and and I don't act I don't understand it. But he's been the head coach for what nine years now, eight years. Eight years. You would yep. think by now, you would think by now he would have this team really moving in the right direction, and 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 you see glimpses of it. You know, two years ago. Thirteen and three, they you know they they get the first round by in the playoffs and all that stuff. And even though they back, they got bounced in their first game, like you know you, you saw you saw some promise if you were a Cowboys fan. And now they're back to the same eight and eight, nine and seven team that we all are used to seeing. So honestly, it's like. What's been the one common denominator over the past eight to nine years when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys? It's Jason Garrett. So why are yep. we not holding him accountable? It's going to be the big question. And then you ask, you got to ask the question, did they get rid of the right coach when they got rid of Wade Phillips? Now, Wade Phillips was the head coach. He had to go. Okay? So you got to find the blame. But when you see the team where they have come from since then and – and Wade Phillips winning Super Bowls or yeah, whatever the case may be, this guy, he's right now the defensive coordinator with the Rams, okay? Wade Phillips is never going to be hurting for a job, okay? But at the time, I remember on this show, we were talking about it. I thought it was the wrong one. I thought Wade Phillips should have stayed because the best part of that football team was the defense, and they couldn't get anything going with the offense at all. So it wasn't necessarily Wade Phillips' job uh, that was the problem. Uh, he goes with the, and does a great job with the Texans at, right after that year, and he was the interim head coach in, in 2013. Then he went to the Denver Broncos as the defensive coordinator in 2015-2016. Awesome, awesome uh, defense, and now he's in the Rams, and guess what? The Rams are a good defense, okay? So, so I, you know, I think they got rid of the wrong coach, but I'll, I'll throw it to Todd. Looking at this game, you know, you the Dallas Cowboys in Detroit, what do you got? I'll tell you, Sonny, you, you, just, you just said what I was just going to say. You know, the thing is, 
you got to think there's got to be something really to this more than meets the eye of why Jason Garrett has been there. I don't remember any coach in NFL history in recent time that's been in a job so long, maybe outside of Marvin Lewis and done so little, which kind of tells me that maybe Jason has something on the, the team and maybe he's being paid to shut up, or maybe he has some knowledge of the inner workings that's something that Jerry does not want to get out because Jerry never hesitated firing coaches. My God, he fired Jimmy Johnson. He let Switzer go, Dave Campo. Um, I mean, why the loyalty here? And I, I agree with you about Wade Phillips. Wade wasn't that bad of a coach. And if I remember correctly, uh, it was a Sunday night game, if you might remember, and I forget who it was they played, that they got blown out of the building. And I think it was the Packers. And that's what got Wade fired. And um, if I recall, and, um, you know, I remember listening to the, the post-game show of the Cowboys that night, college show, and everybody was just, you know, livid about everything. So you know how the pressure is in Dallas to win. As far as this game is concerned, yeah. um, I'm all over this one this week. And it's not because Detroit beat New England last week. I just look at the fact, Sonny, that, uh, you're right. Dallas secondary is questionable. The fact is, when Carolina only beat them 16 to eight in that opening game, that wasn't so much uh, because the Dallas defense played well. Because Carolina's offense sucked so much. Both offenses sucked in that game. Uh, it wasn't anything Dallas did so much, but Dallas without Travis Frederick, um, you know, the thing is the way Prescott is playing, uh, which is obviously horrible. Zeke would have to rush, in my mind, for 150 yards for Dallas to have a chance to win this game because it, it comes back to it again. Detroit just simply has more weapons. Now, I forgot the name of the player. You'll remember. I forgot the name of the player last week that stepped up for Detroit that you've been vouching for that the announcers were calling for. Well, why don't they get this guy the ball? I don't remember his name, Sonny. But he scored in that game for Detroit against New England, a big pass play. And if you remember, because you, you've been talking about this guy, you remember who that was? It's not Golden Tate. Who was the guy that Martin, you've been Martin saying? Jones. Ma- Martin Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, that's right. That, that, that's that, guy, that guy is a stud. And you're right. He's going he's gonna to overtake Golden Tate uh, and T.J. J- uh, Jones uh, to be the guy that, that's out there. Marvin Jones is the real deal. I'm all over this one, this study. I think, you know, Detroit's offense, they seem to have gotten some confidence back. Uh, they're now finding some type of a running game. And the thing is, with LeGarrette Blunt, if, they, if they, they have two or three guys that are rotating, they're running the ball. Detroit has always been pretty much near the bottom in recent years since Bush left of the inability to run the ball. And it just makes it so much easier, makes the quarterback more comfortable. And I said that Matt Patricia's team would bounce back. I said that you know, they were going to be, maybe that first game loss to the Jets was the best thing that happened. I'm not going to go anoint this team as a Super Bowl champion. Uh, I'm taking it on a week to week basis. But as far as today is concerned, uh, I just cannot see how Dallas is going to effectively move the ball. They just have too many question marks. Detroit's on a roll right now. Uh, plus, I remember the last time Detroit played in Dallas on a Monday night or whatever, they fell apart and lost that game. So they're going to remember that game as well. And, I, and you're right, when is everybody going to start realizing, well, I know the fans realize it, but what is more importantly Jerry Jones going to start realizing that as long as you, you live with mediocrity uh, in Jason Garrett, you're going to get what you get mediocre, 
And what does that eventually, you know, get to the season ticket holders to start getting pissed to the point that, you know, we're not going to renew our season tickets? When do people start really becoming disgruntled about this? Because the Dallas Cowboys are supposed to be a Dallas Cowboys are supposed to be America's team, um, and they're they're a, they're a travesty at this point. So I, I'm all over this one. I like the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I like Detroit, and and by the way, that'll never happen. They'll always fill that stadium. There's something about Jerry Jones's marketing magic that he does each and every year that keeps people coming back, paying overpriced. Not only that, paying a hundred dollars for parking. Okay, someone's got something going on here in Dallas where people that are paying an extravagant amount of money to watch the Dallas Cowboys play. So, Cuervo, are you on? Are you on Dallas? Are you on? Detroit coming in to get the victory uh, and picking the bones of the Detroit, uh, the Dallas Cowboys this week. Well, Sonny, as you like to say, on contraire, my frere, I am actually <laughs> going to go on the other side. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys is because of the fact that Detroit won that game last week against the New England Patriots. I know it sounds weird, but here's the thing. You know, we always talk about teams that that kind of, uh, you know, they they're, they lose certain games and it kind of just – it's a domino effect and, and their season rolls downhill. I think in this situation with the with the Detroit Lions beating New England, I think they're, they're – you know, their head is a little too inflated for their own good and now they think that, you know, they're the team to beat. Or I, I think they're a little overconfident going into this game. Uh, on the road in Dallas, where they normally don't do very well. So I actually am going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. Yeah, that, that, it's it, it's very easy to pick the Dallas Cowboys in this game. I get it. I completely understand where you're even coming from. Was the New England Patriot game the Detroit Lions Super Bowl? And the, 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 the letdown of the next game, I, I get it, completely understand it. Uh, so that one's going to be tough. And speaking of New England, since we're all up on that one, all done, ready to go, I head on over to that game as the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. The Miami Dolphins 3-0, and the Patriots 1-2. and Folks, I don't know who's smoking what crack, okay? But the simple fact of the matter is, okay, if you honestly think, that the New England Patriots are not the better football team, and you think the Miami Dolphins are better than the New You need to turn in your NFL man card because it's just not right. There's something wrong with your card. we got to straighten out the magnetic strip on the back because the Miami Dolphins are not better than the New England Patriots. I'm sorry. You can sit there and say, well, you know, the Patriots lost two in a row. Well, you know, they haven't lost two in a row very often. I think you have to hop back seven years to see it. Okay. All right. And so everything is totally against the Miami Dolphins to get a victory here this week. First of all, the, the, the New England Patriots lose two in a row. Second of all, they're playing in Foxborough. Third of all, Tom Brady's not a very happy camper, and that's not good for many defenses. And the Miami Dolphins defense is the suspect of the team. I don't get it. I don't understand who's smoking the crack, picking Miami over the New England Patriots. This one one might make my eyes bleed because I have a feeling New England's not even going to come out. They are going to blow the freaking doors 
off of this Miami Dolphins team this week, and they go back and establish the dominance that everybody expects from the New England Patriots. And this one's got me hopped up. It's not the one that's got me really, really mad. Uh, but this one here, you're listening to experts actually picture the Miami Dolphins. What team have you been watching for the last six to seven years from this New England Patriots team? And what Miami Dolphin team have you been watching for the six to seven years that obviously make you want to pick the Miami Dolphins? I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, Joan, you're right. You, you, you've got to have You've got to be smoking something, Cuervo, if you're picking the Miami Dolphins here today. You are drinking the Miami Dolphin Kool-Aid big time. And so I, I might have called you out in case you're going to pick Miami. But Miami Miami don't have a chance in this game, and I don't care how good they are up to this point. Cuervo. Yeah, whoever's drinking that Kool-Aid, they must have spiked it with some vodka or something because something. I'm not taking it. It's been some good I, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I've got some coffee here. I'm not. I'm not drinking any Kool-Aid. But no. Yeah. I mean, look, we're three games into the season, guys. Like, how many times have we seen the Patriots off to a slow start, and all of a sudden now they're in the AFC Championship game? It's it happens almost every year. So, um, that I, I honestly, Sonny, I, there's not really a whole lot to say. Miami's just been fortunate. You know, they've had some plays go their way. They've had situations kind of go in their favor. They could easily be one and two with New England. Absolutely. And at the same time, the Patriots could also uh, be two and one or three and oh. But certain things fell a certain way, and and they are where they're at right now. Um, but, yeah, I think you're crazy to think that the Dolphins are the better team. So, like I said, not a whole lot to say. I think Brady, Brady has a monster game. Yeah, I think the Patriots win big. I, I think they win big too. Todd, you got it. Um, I think the Patriots are getting receivers back on top of it. Uh, is Edelman supposed to come back this week? Yep, that's another. Uh, I, think, I, I think it might mention be next that. I think it's next week. I don't know um, the three game, was it a three game or a four game suspension? I think his was four. Um, and okay. we haven't gotten to it yet, but Mr. Jameis is back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got it. Okay. All right. Doesn't matter. It, it would have helped, but even so, you're right. Um, but one thing is something that I looked up last night, study that is uh, that is relevant in, in in Miami's favor is that they actually lead the NFL incredibly in toughest to run on, which was stunning. I looked it up. Three yards a carry. That is pretty impressive. Um, however, Brady is going to, the better quarterback always wins in these situations. Uh, I could not see Miami going 4-0. I think Miami has an awful record if memory serves you right in New England. I think maybe in the last decade, maybe they beat in them one time that I remember. Um, maybe the last Thank you. Okay. But that's a revenge factor. New England has pretty much owned this series. Um, I, and I, I don't trust, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. And you're right. Tom Brady, I'm sure was studying his film all week with Josh and looking things over and they were embarrassed last week. Um, I look for New England to be all over the Dolphins in this game. Although 
I'm not going to call it a blowout, but they, they're certainly going to win this game by at least a couple touchdowns. But I do think it is interesting that Miami has been pretty tough against the run. Um, but, you know, Tom will just dink and dunk. You know what you know what he does. And, you know, as soon as Gronkowski is a matchup that Miami can never has never been able to handle, um, and a lot of most teams can't either. Um, but just – I don't want to take a lot of time on this game, but I, you're right. Miami is overrated. You're, they're going to start coming back to the pack somewhat. I mean, they're not going to remain undefeated after today. And, um, you know, everybody can be 3-0. You know, I, there's how many teams have, been, have started off even 6-1 and one and missed the playoffs? Uh, and I don't think oh, Miami's yeah. even going to get to this point. So I, I like New England to win. Great story. About the three, you know, but at the same time, they bring in Frank Gore. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you're definitely living on the very tip of the end up. of the shoestrings here, huh? He's washed up. Yeah, he's washed up, and they're, and they're definitely hanging, and they, they are. They're hanging on to him. Uh, Sony Mitchell for the New England uh, Patriots. Uh, he rushed for 50 yards in the first career start. Uh, James White, um, you know, he he had a receiving touchdown, but it, the, my, it, listen, the Patriots don't run the football, okay? The, the Patriots are Tom Brady, and when you're Tom Brady and you're playing the Miami Dolphins, I'm going to tell you right now, my money is normally going to be all over the New England Patriots. That's going to take us into our first hour, folks. When we come back, we're going to jump back into the game that, you know, experts, you just need to get a life, okay? You're just not watching the football game. And, I, I, and all the experts are picking this one, and they are so far gone. We'll talk about that when we come back up on the other side. Here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, it's that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues into our ninth year, our 33rd episode, week number four of the NFL. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show after the break. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. 
With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. and take it for a ride, check out Costlo Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costlo Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costloinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Hour number two of the Couch Potato Sports Show kicks off as we are covering all the games in the NFL as we look at week number four. And I will tell you that, you know, I I was looking at, and a lot of times I don't look at the picks of the so-called experts, but I, 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 I don't get it. And maybe it's me. I, I've been known to be a little high-strung in the past. I've been known to, to find something I like and hold on to. And, 
and I hold on to it until Jimmy G. I, I just spend it until it goes away. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. We have got a huge problem with these so-called experts because they're evidently just not watching the game. And, and, and you know, the simple fact of the matter. For me. The blasphemy going on. Thank you, thank, thank you, Stephen. There is some blasphemy going on out there with these quote-unquote so-called experts making their picks. And, and, you know, I don't know. Do they get money? Does someone give them money to make these stupid-ass picks? Because there's one out there that is so bad. So I'm going to bring in We got to talk about this. How anybody thinks that the, the, the Houston Texans are going to beat the Indianapolis Colts at home? Listen. I have done absolutely zero comment, zero background, or even looking at any of the numbers or any things that are going on as far as this game is concerned. I took two seconds to think about this football game. And I know where everybody is. Oh, you know, they'll play for Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's done. Okay? I don't care if they win this game. Bill O'Brien is out. In Houston, he'll be out before the end of the year, and if they don't win this game, they might be out. He might be out Monday morning. Hell, even maybe Sunday night on the flight, saying, why don't you just clean out your office since you're here? But I'm going to say, you know, oh, it's the high and tight time, so I, I lose Cuervo, but I'll bring him back in. But I'm going to tell you right now, I literally done no background, no research. I know the Houston Texans, where they are, what's going on. And even though the Colts are one and two, Andrew Luck looks like he's pretty a pretty damn good quarterback. So that being said, which is the name of this show, I mean, I, I thought over the time, how can – and I was looking at your picks, and I think you yeah. even picked the Houston Texans to win this game. What is yeah, your rationale you're, that the Houston Texans right. are going to beat the Indianapolis Colts at home? Yeah, as soon as I heard you say that, you're going to ride my ass. I knew that. Um, and it's like, look, <laughs> I, I, I would – it's nothing to do with Bill O'Brien. I, if you've seen posts to me, I, I've been saying this guy is the first guy to be out of a job. I mean, he's on shit. He's on borrowed time. And they, trust me, these players, they don't give a rat's you know what about Bill O'Brien, in my opinion. He's not the kind of coach that brings warmth and pleasantness. I, 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 I agree with you, Sonny, but the thing is, is that, you know, I just, I, I base it based on the facts. And you were talking about changing your, your division picks. The one that I would change the most is Houston, okay? Because yeah. I had to be Jacksonville in that division. Um, but I look at the fact that Jack Doyle, who is a main uh, cog, is out of this game for the Colts. Um, you know, Andrew Luck is still having problems in throwing the deep ball. Houston still has a very strong first-team defense. They do, especially the front seven. And I, you know, even though you may not believe in Watson, and I know he has struggled, he has picked it up of late. It is, look, you got to pick somebody. And as I say, for me, it's the lesser of two evils. And I don't go by the media. I, I don't, I don't go by the media though. I go by my instincts. That's what I, what I do. And you know, I just think that you know the Texans will move the ball effectively enough where Watson will make the difference. And in this, in this game. 
and I, I have Houston winning by one or two points, but um, Indianapolis is just not able to win the close games. But um, I don't think it's that obvious. We disagree on that. You can be right. I can look like a fool, but it wouldn't be the first time I look like a fool. Uh, but well, I, no, will, you, you, I will. It's, it's not definitely. It's not actually definitely headed your way. There are many, many so-called experts out there picking the Houston Texans. I mean, and, and I get why. Don't get me wrong, JJ Watt. I mean, look at this defensive play. He's the three-time defensive player of the year. Okay, so I get it. I understand why they like what's going on. Then you got the other guy on the other side. Then you got. You, you you have Deshaun Watson, which should be bouncing back after the injury. He's just obviously not there, and I think that's been obvious. But he can throw the football. He's got a lot of weapons to throw. Hopkins is one of those guys they can throw the football to. I get why they pick it. I just I, you know you know week in week out you watch a football team, and, and I'm I think I'm right here with this. I, I when I saw this game, and I and. Normally, when you talk the NFL, you know, exactly. Thank you, Janet. You're right. And and Bill O'Brien hadn't done anything, which I'm actually shocked. This guy was still the head coach at the beginning of the season after last season. Now, granted, they gave the guy a break because they lost JJ Watts. They lost a lot of cops in this in this machine they call the Houston Texans. But the problem is, is that you can have all the cogs working, but are they going to be turning at the same time? That's coaching. And even when they did have all that going on, this team was not putting it together. And the only, only, you know, as far as the machine is concerned, the motor, the cogs moving around, the only type of oil that has been good for this machine is Deshaun Watson. And frankly, when he went down, that whole ship went down, regardless how great that defense is. We talk about defenses win championships, offenses, you know, they're just along for the ride. Listen, I get it, but there's something about that defense that can't carry this team, unlike when you talk about other football teams where the defense does you know, win championships and win games. They're getting the job done, but Houston isn't. Well, granted, you know, they, they've had their guy out for the last three years. And, the, and here's the good thing. The good thing is is that J.J. Watts is healthy. I get it. And then they got Clowney on the other side. I get it. That's good. Then they got guys that are coming back, and that's good. But they're still sitting where they are in the standings. All right? Houston is 0-3 out on the season. Right now, one of the teams, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, uh, J- Tennessee or Jacksonville is going to be three games uh, three, it's uh, three and one by the end of today. One of those two teams are guaranteed one, maybe another, and we'll talk about that game when we get to it. But Houston right now could be zero and four after this game. They should be zero and four because I don't see Indianapolis losing this game, and I, and I see what I see a lot of. I see a lot of slowly developing Andrew Luck. If you look at Andrew Luck, what he's been doing, it's been those short-term passes. That's what's going to win this game this week. Andrew Luck, and by the way, the, the, the comments that were coming out about Andrew Luck on that Hail Mary at the end of last week, I just want to know why everybody's smoking. Why do you want to risk Andrew Luck's career on one throw and a Hail Mary at the end of a football game? That Yeah, it, it says a lot 
that maybe he's not ready to throw ball like that. That doesn't mean that Andrew Luck can't go deep down the field. It means that they don't want to throw his arm out, throwing a Hail Mary at the end of the game, which they're probably going to lose anyway. So the, the, the unconfidence that people have in Andrew Luck, which, listen, I was all over that. Andrew Luck was not throwing the football the way he should have been throwing the football. Okay, he wasn't playing the way he was. Then he goes out injured. Well, it could have been that. But in reality, now everybody's questioning Andrew Luck on whether or not he can throw a deep ball. Listen, he didn't need to do that. You don't put a whole season on one throw unless you're trying to get into the playoffs or in the playoffs trying to move forward into the playoffs or trying to get to the Super Bowl or at the end of the season throwing the ball deep down the field. You don't do that in week number three with Andrew Luck, who has got a questionable arm. Let's be honest. But the simple fact of the matter is the way Houston has been playing, for them to get a victory going into the end of the I don't think so either, Al. Thank you very much. I don't see it. And, and, and you know, and, you know I, the experts, I think they need to get their heads examined. I don't know. I, I just and, and 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 it's not just Todd's pick, by the way. Todd could pick the the Houston Texans, and I, I'm right there with him. But but the experts that are watching this games and calling themselves the so-called experts uh, it really leave me questionable about their their credentials. But that being said, of course, we're not experts in anything. We just come out here and throw our opinion around, which there's no expertise to it at all. But that having been said, it is uh, time to move on. Let's do on to the next game. And we talked about teams that are in the AFC South. Who are going to win? Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, I don't have a lot to say about Jacksonville against the Jets. The Jets suck. Um, it, it, it is. And that pick is about as, as simple as, you know, taking Indianapolis over Houston. The Jets cannot get out of their own way. But I am going to go up on the diatribe here. All right, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It might have been last week. You know, I've taken a lot of shots to the head. But I'm going to tell you right now, we got an NFL coach who shouldn't be an NFL coach. who should be Wade Phillips. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the New York Jets, with their situation at the head coaching position, they need a real head coach. And the reason why I say that, and I love Todd Bowles. Listen, you go back and listen to that show. Sonny Clark loves Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, I love him as a defensive coordinator. It's obvious this guy doesn't know what it takes to be a head coach. Look what he did. He got a football team that had a pretty good defense when he walked in. And guess what? They're not doing anything. The Jets, okay, are almost, they're not almost, they're at the bottom of their division. They should be in second place if they're any good. So I'm going to go back on it. I'm going to say it. Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. He's a horrible head coach. All you got to do is look at the – hey, listen. Listen, they were – what did I say? 10 and 22? 10 and 22 last two years. Okay, that does not make a good head coach. Jacksonville Jaguars, listen, they're on a roll. They lost last week. Should have won. You know, but – you know, it's the Jets, Todd. So, you know, I, I don't see the Jaguars having a hard time at home against the Jets unless I'm missing something. You're not missing anything on that, Sonny. The Jaguars coming off a loss because Bortles, again, failed to get the job done as he teased all of us 
when he when he had yeah. such a huge game against the Patriots, and then he sucked like the win last week and puts up three points or whatever. What was it, nine to six or six to three or ridiculous yeah, scoreline? Ridiculous, but it's funny that I would agree with you. And you talk about how the media always hides things, and I've always said this: uh, the any time the media says stuff, or they have a stigma, or they they say this team is good or this player is great, um, people are followers. They they don't have their own minds; they just follow what the media says. And Todd Bowles is a perfect example of this because sure. over the last couple of years. How many times have you heard the media say, "Why he's done such a great job keeping this Jets team together? He, lived, he, he knows how to organize a football team. They are well-disciplined. Da, 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 da. You know, I, he sucks as a coach. He has the most, one of the most boring offenses in the world to watch. It's like watching paint dry. Uh, I don't know. I don't trust the coaches are going to be good enough to develop Sam Darnold. That system, for yep. me, they're just they're just very very difficult team for me to watch and I I know you were calling the Rowlett Eagles game and I watched the Jets in Cleveland uh, last week and all I saw was Jet, well you watched the game later but uh, it was just was it difficult to watch that study in the first quarter the Jets they scored a couple touchdowns running the football and um, you know and then after that they had all game they couldn't sustain a drive. Three and outs, barely getting first downs, very sporadically. They just they don't have anything, man. And I mean, defense can only carry you so far. And uh, the Jaguars' defense is going to have, I think, a field day today. You talk about a blowout. Uh, this to me has blowout written all over it. Uh, the Jaguars yep. now are fairly healthy. As Fortnite's back in the lineup. Uh, Bortles will want to make amends, but he, he won't even have to because the defense will probably score <laughs> a couple of touchdowns on their own anyway. Uh, be enough to win the game, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So this game is about a 28 to 10, 26 to 7 scoreline written all over it for the Jaguars. Listen, when you're the Jets and you are the answer to the big time trivia <laughs> question that's out there. What team lost to the Cleveland Browns? Okay. Listen, Cleveland, listen, we shouldn't joke upon Cleveland. I said Cleveland would win six games. Okay. They got their first win last week against these mighty Jets. Okay. They lost to Miami in in embarrassing form against Miami 20 to 12. Okay. So, you know, the Jets have got a lot of places to go. And and normally you can only go up, but when you're seeing what's coming your way, okay, you know, the the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I want to tell you right now, they're going to eat up that young rook. And they're going to bait him into making some very bad mistakes. And I'm right there with you, Todd. I think this could be a blowout all the way as far as Jacksonville is concerned because of the fact of, you know, where where they're playing and what's going on. And I agree so with you. you. Add one, this quarterback I want to add one. Gonna, go ahead. No, I just want to add one thing. I feel bad for Sam Darnold's study, and I'm going to tell you why. If this guy ends up being a bust – or ends up being a very mediocre quarterback that hangs on uh, in four or five years as a second or third string quarterback, I'm going to blame that coaching staff entirely for this. A coaching staff can make or break a player. 
uh, and honestly, I haven't seen anything that they have designed or anything that could take the skill abilities of Sam Darnold. He, he's good at rolling out. Uh, you know, and the thing is, he's good on the move. I, I just don't see any creativity or uh, that that they are giving in their game plan. And if it, if it ends up that he is a failure, it's because of their stupid uh, conservative coaching. That's why. And so, uh, I mean, they do have some playmakers, but they don't get the ball to them. They don't have that bad of a receiving core, in my opinion. Um, and so, this is on Todd Bowles, as far as I'm concerned. He's going to take a team with a decent defense that it could be a to me would be a borderline wild card study and a ten and six and nine and seven and his coaching is going to treat you know change this to like a six and ten team that's my feeling on it the Jaguars this could not have been a better opponent for the Jaguars to bounce back than this one this week absolutely and they got to prove that they are the team that they are but I'll go back to your point. You go back to Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles needs to throw for one touchdown, 150 yards, and the defense will win this game. And, and listen, that's what Jacksonville signed up for this year, okay? They did not go out and target a quarterback, okay, because they thought that Blake Bortles could get the job done. Well, here's the thing, and this is the bad thing about Jacksonville, because when they start getting to the playoffs, you need your quarterback to step up. So between week number four and week 17 of the NFL, Blake Bortles needs to take steps to become that quarterback to have deserved to be the quarterback of this football team. And what I mean by that is really simple. You've got to be a reason why they win football games too sometimes. You can't be a guy that will depend upon the defense to win every game for you. Now, that's going to happen today. Blake Bortles gets the – gets the luxury of having the Jets this week. But the Blake Bortles that should be the guy that takes over on the offense should show up the throw for 250 yards and three touchdowns. That's not going to happen today because the Jets' defense will be enough to keep him in check to where he doesn't have to throw that, and the defense is going to win the game because Sam Darnold is the rookie. He's going to make three bad mistakes in this football game, whether it's an interception, fumble, or a combination of both, Okay. And, you know, so they're lucky to get that. So when I look at the game, I, I, I don't have any trust value in the Jets. But when I look at the next game that's up on the board, and I, 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 I'm, I'm slowing down. I'm pumping the brakes here. Because Marcus Mariota last week went well. The Tennessee Titans got a good victory at home, 2-1. Of course, we're talking about the Jaguars, okay? The Philadelphia Eagles, 2-1. and one. Now, the difference between those football teams is the quarterback. Obviously, one's Blake Bortles, the other one that's walking right in there. And listen, I may have been – sorry. <laughs> Let me try that again. I may have been – maybe I was wrong about Carson Wentz starting that football team game last week. I don't know. I still think it was a stupid mistake. But he looked good. I won't deny that. Marcus Mariota looked pretty good. And right now, I think Marcus Mariota is the better quarterback than, than one Blake Bortles. And I think, actually, the defenses, Jacksonville has better, even though the Eagles right now, they're ranked ninth overall. They're going to have to try to run, shut down a run, too. Not only that, when I look at this football game, Mar- Mar- Mariota, okay, the fact of the matter is, is when I'm looking at that, ranked 29th in the NFL, 
okay? That's what the Eagles' offense are. But those numbers were with two weeks with Kevin Cobb, how much they moved from uh, up to where they are. They're 10th in rushing and 29th in passing. And I think that number goes up. They're averaging only 16 points a game. I think they scored 21 in this one. But I think Marcus Mariota is going to find a way to win the football game. He is at home, which, by the way, I, I'm going to tell you right now, Tennessee Titans have a great home field advantage. And they should not have won that game last week. No one picked them. And Mariota, right now, even though he's wearing a partial glove on his throwing hand, they got that job done. And something tells me that maybe if Carson Wentz isn't the same guy that threw for 25 to 37, 255 yards and a touchdown and an interception, maybe it'll go up. Now, granted, that was against the Colts. But something tells me that there is a, a you know, Big time coming, and Jarrell Casey, though, in particular, when I think about the, the Eagles, had three sacks last week. So that's what the Tennessee Titans have to do. They got to stop Casey. Now, will they do it? That's going to be the big question. But this game in Tennessee, Todd, I'm going to tell you right now, I think I think this is the trap game of the week. I think I – think, and I might just have too much love for Tennessee. I don't know. But when you're looking at this game, what are you seeing? You know, I thought you were going to ride my butt on this one because you're going to be you're going to be pretty pleasantly surprised. This is the way I look at it, Sonny, and I I thought about this all week. If this game was let's say four to six weeks from now, okay, and Carson Wentz was in a rhythm, back proving he, he can make all the throws, he's 100 percent healthy, he can run. Um, I to me, I would go with Philadelphia. I'm not here, and I'll tell you why. Tennessee has a knack of playing. Of, of stepping up in their home field against good football teams. They did it against the Jags, you know, they, last year. They are just – they do it ugly. They are a, a difficult team at times to watch. But defensively, they are pretty solid. And actually, they are among the leaders in the NFL in rushing yardage like a Miami allowed. Fewest, toughest to run on them, Miami, and the Redskins have been like the toughest teams to run on. And yep. I think the Eagles right now, in my opinion, Sonny, are just another team. There's nothing special that stands out about them. Uh, Tennessee is going to double up on Ertz, in my opinion. And I just think it's good without Daryl Sproles, Sproles, who I think is, yep. I know is out for this game. I think that's, that's a huge factor. You can use that guy as a safety valve, occasional running, open up the passing a little bit opening up the field. I like Tennessee ugly in this game. I mean, it's not going to be pretty, and Mariota's not going to throw for 300 yards, but he'll be able to make enough plays on his feet, keeping the chains moving and when he has to. I think they're going to frustrate the Eagles. Uh, only the purists are going to like a game like this. As I said, it's going to be, as far as I'm concerned, this is going to happen. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I, I cannot. Oh, yeah. It's going to be in the 21-19, to 20-18 similar kind of thing like that. But Tennessee at home, um, you know, they have a knack for stepping up and winning when you least likely expect it. And right now, the Eagles are not the team they were a year ago. I'm going with Tennessee. Yeah, I, 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 and I like the Eagles. And I, and here's another thing. I'll put it out there. I think Carson Wentz played fairly well last week, considering what he was coming off. 
Um, Tennessee Titans just they, – they are a football team that confuses an experienced football team. Now, I'm not saying that the, the, uh, the Eagles are inexperienced, but what I'll say is they will frustrate them enough to where they're on the road. And here's another thing. Let me put this out here. You know, I'm, I'm not, I, I've never been the brightest guy in the world, okay? Um, but I will, I will say this. When I watch football games, I watch more than just the football game, okay? I watch how players are reacting to certain situations. Game time, this game going off is supposed to be 86 degrees. Let me just roll that number back to you. That is huge heat. Because of the humidity that is there yep. in Nashville today at 71%. They, these guys Ooh. play in that all the time. They play in that all the time. Philadelphia don't. Okay? And one thing I'm going to watch for in this game is how the players are reacting to the weather. Because it's going to be one hot mother out there. That sun's going to be beaten down. And I would be very interested to see how the Philadelphia Eagles respond to what they're doing out on the football field. I, I, I think the heat is going to have a lot to do with today's game. And that's another reason why I'm going up on this being a trap game and picking the upset. I, I, you know, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm glad someone else is. You know, it's not that I'm drinking any tea because if this game was in Philadelphia, I'd be all over Philadelphia in a heartbeat uh, to win this football game. So big home field advantage, I think, coming to Tennessee. And that leads us to the Cleveland Browns, who are 1-1-1. One, one, one. The Oakland Raiders are an embarrassing 0-3. Um, they are at home. Cleveland actually looks like a complete football team. The question is, is that after they became 1-1-1, one, one, and one, What's going to happen to them? Well, they, you know, they don't have the dog pound around them unless somehow that dog pound, all of them grabs an airline ticket to head on over to Oakland because they need the dog pound. I, you know, so now you got to ask the question, okay? The number one draft pick, Baker Mayfield, he's got to start this football game for team morale. If the Cleveland Browns back off of it and go ahead and put in Todd, uh, Todd Tryon. Oh, Todd Tryon. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely watching way too much indoor football. Uh, yeah, put, put in um, – what's his name? Todd, what, what's his name? What's, what's Todd's last, last name, the quarterback? That, which goes to show you know I'm doing this off the top of my head. can't remember the quarterback's name. I'm with team, on what team? Uh, on the Browns. Todd, what's his name? Todd. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. What is that? For the Browns. The, the, yeah, well, it, 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 Baker Mayfield, or is it going to be the other guy? Um, Todd. Um, oh, what's I don't that know. guy's name? I don't recall. I know. Taylor's out. Taylor's out. Tyrod uh, Taylor. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. It's Tyrod Taylor. So I got Todd stuck in my head, and it's Tyrod Taylor. He's out. Uh, he's out. I didn't know if he's out completely. But so that's actually it's a good thing for to go over to the Baker Mayfield uh, regime because they need Baker Mayfield in there because this is a different football team that showed last week, Todd. As soon as he went into the game, it, it was almost like watching Dak Prescott walking on the field the first game after Tony Romo was done. 
Okay, the, the team just played for Baker Mayfield, just like the Cowboys played for Dak Prescott when Tony Romo went down. So there's some I, – listen, I know there's something to be said about that. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan. I don't think he should have yeah, been the number one pick in this draft. I'm not a big fan of him. But when you have a guy that means so much to your franchise that Baker Mayfield proved in just half a game – it tells you exactly what is expected. Their car, in reality, when you look at what's going on, the $125 million man has this team 0-3, and Chucky isn't helping. So you have a Raiders team that are in complete disarray, and you have the Cleveland Browns who actually think they can win every game or at least be compatible, and I actually think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to go into Oakland, and they are going to embarrass them, not by blowing them out, but just by winning. And then the whole question about Chucky, the whole question about Derek Carr, the whole question about the Oakland Raiders as a football team moving forward, there's got to be talks. Because if you say whatever you want, I cannot remember the last 0-4 football team that made the playoffs Never mind do anything in the playoffs. Uh, do anything in the playoffs if they even ever make it. So, so that's what they're facing here today, Todd. The Oakland Raiders are facing the whole season, and yep. all the young free agents that play indoor football are hoping that they get a shot in the Raiders because there's going to be a lot of spots open if they go 0-4 at the end of this one here. So when you're looking at this game and the Oakland Raiders at home taking on the Cleveland Browns, what, who are you on and why? Well, I'll tell you what, Sonny. The thing is I don't want to get over-emotional about one game because we all know that Baker is going to have problems throughout the year. He's not going to be great every week. Last week – with the perfect stereo for him to come in. And if you notice, when you talk about body language, you talk about that, I think it's important. Watch what the, how the Browns were playing, the crowd was reacting, and how his teammates around him were playing when Taylor was sucking up the place and the defense was getting stop after stop early, you know, yep. and, and, he, and he wasn't, they couldn't move the ball. Can you, can you remember uh, last time you saw an impact of one guy coming into a game that ignited. I haven't. I will recall seeing this honestly since Timmy Tebow. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. Where everybody was just aroused. I mean, I'm not comparing Tim. I mean, Baker is obviously a better passer. But what I'm saying is, in a sense, not only the offensive improvement of the team throughout the game, but the way he picked up his teammates, the crowd, yep. the way the team. Re- Bonded, the body language, yep. and, and it also moves to both sides of the ball. My friend I watch games with, he has a theory. Even the way you pitch or hand the ball off to somebody to show that you mean it means a lot uh, to a football team. And just your belief that I'm going to go in here, I don't care what adversity it is, I'm confident I'm going to get this team down the field and get him into the end zone. And I just think that Baker has the it factor, uh, especially – uh, today, because the Raiders have all kinds of problems. And this is not like when Dick Vermeil came back to the coaching ranks after missing many, many years. Study. The times have changed in society and in football. I mean, if you don't change the times, you could call a game all you want and study your film and be in the broadcast loop and whatever. That does not assure a return 
uh, to success. And I've watched, uh, I've watched Gruden on the sideline, Sonny, and Gruden, honestly, when he was coaching the first time with the Raiders, he was an asshole. And I, and I, and I say that in a, in, in a complimentary sense because sometimes you have to be that with a football team. I've seen this guy look yep. befuddled, confused, not knowing what to do. I haven't seen his fire on the sideline even close to what I've seen with him before. And the thing about it is Derek Carr has really not played very well. And, yeah, if you notice, maybe he has a decent completion percentage in a couple of these games, but it's for a very little yardage. And he has had a very conservative game plan with his football. And you talk about body language, when will Marshawn Lynch check out? Uh, it, always, it looks like he always checks out. You rely on this guy to be your running back? Give me a break. After all this time, he shouldn't be honestly with the team anymore. He's not even effective when he has the ball. So, I mean, he's averaging like – Three yards to carry. It's 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 pathetic. This team's a mess. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper not going to be enough to win this game. The Raiders are lucky they're even getting fans coming and still supporting this team, knowing that they're going to be gone because there's even rumors that they're going to play in San Diego next year until uh, the Vegas game is ready. You know, ever since Mac, they they screwed up the Mac situation. It has, been a, it has been a farce. And, you know, the reality is they had two winnable games last two weeks that really they should have won both of them to be very truthful with you, including the Bronco game, and they did not get the job done. And, you know, to show you how the hype is out here, Sonny, they changed the Cleveland game is a flex game this week. It's on uh, Fox, actually. In L.A., they, they, they canceled Dallas, Detroit, um, and they're going to carry Cleveland and Oakland. And that's all because of Baker Mayfield. I mean, you know, you know yeah. that. So the yeah. reality is I do not like the Raiders in this game. Um, I like the Browns offense. They actually were the better running attacks in the league. Um, they yeah. run the ball very well. Um, you know, and I'd say their, their defense is pretty dark physical. And I just – Baker just has a belief. And uh, he has a will. And I see it continuing this week. And I think you're right. It's going to be a methodical beatdown. And, you know, nothing is more funny or sunny than when you see the Raider fans get all excited for these home games and you watch them. And I've seen their games. And then by the fourth quarter when they start fading away, it's almost like you can't hear a pin drop in that statement. These people want to cry and go home. That's what you're going to see today. The black hole is going to be saddened because they're going to lose. And it's going to be a methodical beatdown, not so much the score, but just the way it's gonna, it's just gonna happen. It's gonna be a methodical beatdown by the fourth quarter. Oakland's gonna go zero and four. I, I, I can't, I can't see any difference, and, and I don't see what good Chucky has been doing for this football team. I just don't see. Now I may be blind to the fact, but listen, he thought he'd make the splash by getting rid of the guy, and I'm talking about Khalil Mack. Listen, there has not been a trade that has had such an impact and a negative factor than a Khalil Mack off of this football team. And what that was, and that move was purely about ego. It had nothing to do with nothing about nothing. You know, you go out and you make a statement, well, we lost with him, you know. Well, now you're going to continue to lose without him. And that, and, and that big quote-unquote move 
to make you a better football team actually has completely reversed. And you're right. The fans in Oakland, they're the – I've said it on this show many times. Best fans in the NFL are in Oakland. Okay, it's not too many times you can get guys put on shoulder pads with spikes on them and have them go out and sit out in the heat in, in the sun and watch football game and be there all the way to the end. But they're just not going to get the Oakland team that they're expecting. They're not going to get it, and they thought they were going to get it with Chucky, and this is the biggest this is the biggest PR flop in the NFL history with the Oakland Raiders doing what they're doing. First of all, moving to Las Vegas. Second of all, hiring Chucky. Then Chucky getting rid of your guy, Khalil Mack, on the other side. All the moves that have been made, okay, should have been in a positive when you got two of the three of them not there. And the only positive you got is Las Vegas, and I don't know how positive really that is. You could be over for three in the positive and thinking for the Oakland Raiders, but they're not there. And the Cleveland Browns, it, it, you want to call it the second coming? That's fine. But right now, they're the better football team. Okay, they took the Pittsburgh Steelers in week number one, and you can say anything you want about week number one, but they took the Pittsburgh Steelers. They didn't lose to them. They didn't win, but they didn't lose. And then they, they're in every single football game that they played in, got the victory last week. Okay, right now they're just playing better than the Oakland Raiders. They're a better football team all around, and that's what you get when you get it. But I'll go ahead and I'll bring back on Cuervo, and we'll run back. But Cuervo, you know, right now we're not seeing, you know, what really everybody expected from Oakland with, the, first of all, the move to Vegas. Then you get Chucky, but no, no, now no Khalil Mack. Two of the three of the positives for this franchise are gone, and the only thing that you got left is Vegas, and I don't know how good that is. That could be an 0-3 positive move for the Oakland Raiders, and they're just not getting the production out on the football field. And they get Cleveland, who looks like a totally different team. I'm not saying they're the best team. I said they'd win six games. This was one of them that I planned on them winning, Cuervo. You got them beating the Oakland Raiders in Oakland? Yeah, you know what, Sonny? I mean, for as bad as the Oakland Raiders are playing, I actually think this is this is the week that they bounce back. And Look, I, I've been hearing, you know, between you and Todd and what you guys have been saying, and and yeah, I mean the Raiders, the Raiders look like a really bad football team right now, and they look extremely flat. And I think that's in response to John Gruden's his coaching style, and I think because of the fact yep. that the Raiders are not used to that, I think it's been really it's been a culture shock for the whole team. And I think this is what the, the response has been so far. Now, do I think it could turn around? I think it will, and I think it, it does today. I'm not saying they're going to go out there and, you know, blow the doors off of the Cleveland Browns. I think it's going to be a close game. But at the same time, let, let's let's remember that this is the Cleveland Browns. This is a team that's won two games in can we, can we a period of, of 21 months. That, that We can talk. That's fine. By all means, we can talk all you want, but I think I think the Raiders will bounce back. I think Cleveland is, you know, because they finally won a game. Um, you know, let's not let's not over celebrate it. It's one football game. It was against a bad Jets team, and um, I think I think things will kind of look a little bit normal today between these two teams, and I think the Raiders will get a win. 
Yeah, it, 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 it's not a bad pick. No, no one picking this game, I think, is crazy because I get exactly why someone would pick the Oakland Raiders today. Uh, and I just happened to be on the other side. So I'm right there with you. All right, Cuervo, we're going to go through blast time because you missed some games getting high and tight then. Houston and Indianapolis, I don't know how much of the barrage that you heard of me talking about that football team, but how anybody can pick the Houston Texans to beat the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis makes no sense to me. Whatever they're drinking or smoking or whatever the case may be, I, I just I don't know how – the Houston Texans beat the Indianapolis Colts, and I think Bill O'Brien will be out of a job Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, I I don't know I don't know if it's going to come to that extreme Sunday, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I like the Colts to win this game. Andrew Luck is starting to look like the guy that we have been expecting to see uh, once again, and I I think the Colts will will get a win. Did the Jaguars or did the Jets have any chance against the Jaguars? Um, yeah, I mean, the you know, the defense can forget how to play football, but chances are that's not going to happen. So I like Jacksonville, Saxonville. Now, now in the game that, you know, that I picked, uh, what I thought was, was probably a, a fluke pick. I picked the Tennessee Titans to get the victory over Philadelphia in Tennessee, Cuervo. Um, and the main reason why is I looked at the Tennessee Titans, what they did last week with Marcus Mariota, totally different football team there. But this team has a funky way of winning football games. They have no business winning at home. Who do you got in this one? Nah, Sonny, I, I still like the uh, Eagles. Uh, I don't see them dropping a game. Uh, look, stranger things have happened, especially this year so far. But I think in this one, I still like Philadelphia. So that brings us up to the game that I was waiting to talk about because we robbed him of talking about his Bears last week because they played on Monday Night Football and we lost time. But not today. Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2-1. Chicago Bears 2-1. Games in Chicago, then you got a – football team that's riding the hot hand right now, that being uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, I won't call him by his nickname on this football team. I said last week it's a stupid one, so we I'm not going to say it. You guys can say his nickname, but I ain't saying it. But the Chicago Bears offensively Cuervo, and I know you'll admit it, okay? They've been stagnant on the offensive side of the ball. They're not getting necessarily, I think, what they're expecting from their quarterback play, um, and they proved that in a game where they couldn't come back and get a victory where I thought if they had a good quality quarterback, they could. So Dirk Cotter's riding the uh, a hot heart, a hot arm and, the, and, you know, taking all the credit for what's going on over there in Tampa Bay and Ryan Fitzpatrick, which he's a poser, he's an imposter, he's not a real head coach being Dirk Cotter. But Cuervo, I will say this. The defensive secondary for the Chicago Bears might be in trouble here today. When you're looking at this game, Cuervo, I'm just letting you know, I am picking the Chicago Bears because they're at home. If this game was in Tampa Bay, I'd have a different pick on this one. Are you worried about your Bears this week? I am a little bit. I, I mean, Sonny, anytime it's 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 kind of kind of has the feeling of the Lovey Smith days again, where it's all defense all day. But yep. overall, I mean, 
do I think we're in a better situation than they when, than we were back then? Yeah, uh, there's a little bit more potential, a little more promise, but um, I mean, so far it's it's been all defense. So, um, am I a little concerned? Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Tampa Bay and how they're moving the ball offensively. It, it has to concern you, but you know, I, I think the Bears are probably the best defense that. Tampa Bay is going to be facing so far this season. So it's point. going to be a real test. Yeah, it's going to be a real test to see how good this Tampa Bay team really is. Yeah, they 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 lost to Pittsburgh. They beat Philadelphia last time um, out on the football field. So you know, you know, t- two tough games right in a row. And what, what's really in common with all those teams or defenses usually? Um, so, you know, that having been said, of course, when when we're talking about this game, you, you know, Chicago. I, mean, I, I I'm picking Chicago, but boy, man, something. I'm I'm going to shoot it over to Todd. Because right now I'm actually leaning about taking a change in my pick, and, and it has nothing to do with Dirk Cotter. It has to do with I, I'm worried about the secondary of the Chicago Bears. So Todd, what do you? Oh, hold on, I think I put him on mute because yeah. So let me bring Todd back. What do you think about the Chicago Bears in this game? You know, it's really funny. Uh, you and I think so much alike, but I would reverse. My first instinct was picking Tampa. I changed it. I changed it to Chicago. Why I did, Sonny, was I agree. It's all defense so far for the Bears. Mack has made a huge impact, not only uh, on the team, but for others to make plays as well to free up others. Uh, the thing about it is is that Tampa may throw for a good amount of yards, but the thing is where I look at it also, you can look at it the other way around, this might be the defense this week that the Bears could get their offense on track as well because the Buccaneers – are at Jekyll and Hyde. They're the old Chargers. They are, they'll score a lot, they'll give up a lot. Defensively, they're nothing to write home about, honestly. Uh, you know, except for maybe their linebacking core. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sold, I'm not sold on Tampa Bay uh, yet, and I still think that Fitzpatrick will make more mistakes than Trubisky. And I, I think the Chicago defense will do enough, and I also think their offense could get on track. Fowler and some others, I think, can get get going in the passing game, and they'll be able to make some plays against that defense. And I think Chicago's ball style control is perfect for keeping Ryan off the field. And I think I can see the Bears frustrating the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I said it before, the first game of the year, you know, I didn't get a chance to say it that day, and I know Corville felt horrible with the way the Bears ended up losing to Green Bay. But unlike most of these so-called media people and fans that think, oh, it's the same old Bears, I actually thought this might have been the best thing that ever happened to the Bears because they would build from this. I'm still bullish on this team. Look how they bounced back the last couple weeks. Uh, I look for them to make it three in a row this week, Sonny. Uh, I think they're going to take this game. I do. And I, th- I say that because I think they're going to they're gonna be able to bait Fitzpatrick into making two or three turnovers that I don't think Trubisky is going to make those same turnovers. And I think it's a chance for Chicago to get their offense on track at the same time. I do think they'll be able to move the ball against Tampa Bay because everybody does. Uh, This is a very, very important game for the Bears, as far as I'm concerned, because if they can show they can win against the hot quarterback 
and you know a team that's leading the you know the second in the league now behind the Rams in passing offense and all the points that they are able to score with Mike Evans and Fitzpatrick. Uh, I think that the Bears could be actually on their way to a fairly successful season, Sonny. Um, and I, the fact is the game is at home. You're right. If it, if it was at Tampa Bay, I'd have to go with the Buccaneers. But it is in Chicago. Uh, and as I say, I think it is a very big swing game of the Bears season because I looked at the Bears. You know, the Bears' schedule is not a dotting uh, to get on a decent roll here for the next few weeks. I'm taking Chicago. I changed it. I actually had Tampa as my first thought process, but I went with Chicago because, like you, I don't trust Fitzpatrick. Sorry. Well, it's not the fact that I don't trust Fitzpatrick. The, the simple fact is, hold on, let me just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute him. All right, very good. That was The background I was getting is coming from you, Todd. All right, the reason why, and just within the fact that no one sold me in reality, and then I saw something that really changed my mind. And I'll bring Cuervo back in after I talk about this. Mitchell Trubisky was limited to 220 yards in an interception against the Arizona Cardinals. Let me let me repeat that. That was the Cardinals. Okay. All right. So, but now when you look at what's going on, you, Todd's right about the defense from the Buccaneers. It ranks 31st in yards allowed and 29th in scoring. You know, parts of you want to say, well, Mitchell Trubisky should have a game and go off. I, right now, and I'm not saying Mitchell Trubisky is a is a wash. I don't even. I, I'm not even going to say that he's not a, a good quarterback because he is. I think he has found what most young quarterbacks have found is that the NFL gets tougher in the second year. And Cuervo, I'm going to shoot it back to you right now. Mitchell Trubisky has not been lights out like I thought I would expect from him, or what? Maybe, maybe I just wanted to hope for the Chicago Bears. I bounce back. I'm going Tampa Bay in this one because I think that the secondary is something that can be exploited against the Bears. And Ryan Fitzpatrick's throwing the ball crazy down the football field. Now I'm not picking it because I think that Tampa Bay's a good football team. I'm just thinking they're a better football team. If Jameis Winston was starting this game, Cuervo, I'd pick your Bears. But Fitzpatrick has got the high hand. He'll continue, and I think he'll find some cracks in the armor of the defense of the Chicago Bears, and he'll be in the secondary. Blasphemy! The blasphemy! Blasphemy! All right, I'll defer you. The blasphemy! Thank you. It was. 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 It Oh, How many times have I threatened you of that? I just find not being yeah. the Bears. Many no, times, I think it might be about 50 times over the many years that you've been on the show. <laughs> That's exactly how many times you picked the Bears to lose. But no, um, yeah. look, I I get it. I get it. All right. I, I, I like I said before, the 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 offense not impressed one bit. And, and, and the problem that I see with Mitch, I know because you guys started talking about your. Trabersky a little bit. Um, yep. Look, he doesn't see what he's supposed to be seeing at all times. Yes. Okay. I agree. He'll 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 go through. He goes through his progressions, which is a good thing. That's what you want young quarterbacks to do. You want you want them to see the field, observe it, 
and, and make the right choice. The problem is, is he sees the field and he observes it, but sometimes he just doesn't make the right choice. Whether he throws in, uh, you know, throws to, uh, you know, the the wrong uh, receiver, uh, maybe somebody was more open than another guy, and he just saw went for the first thing that he saw. Because they, I mean, I've I've seen plays, and it's been broken down where. You know, other receivers, it may not be the first or second option, but there's guys down the field open, and he'll throw it to the flats, or he'll throw it to somebody that's covered, or he'll start running with the ball, and he'll go back to his, you know, uh, uh, you know, as young quarterbacks do, they, they go with their what they're used to doing, and that's just taking off with the football, like a Cam Newton or, or you know, a Jameis Winston or somebody like that. And that's the problem with Mitch is he sees the field, he observes it, and, and that's good. He's not impatient, but I still think he he tries to force using the primary receiver of a play, if that makes sense. Um, uh, yes, yes, I you know exactly he, what you're saying. Is, is, yeah, is that but, from Nagy, though? Is that from Nagy trying, trying to tell him you, 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 there's certain guys you got to get the ball to? Could that be a Nagy uh, influence to say, hey, you got to get the ball to this guy? No, it's it's really it's a lack of experience. Look, Trubisky only started 13 games in college, Sonny, and then he declared for the NFL draft. Good point. Okay. Yep. So 13 college starts. He's got about 18 NFL starts. No, 17, something like that. And um, it, it's just really it's just a lack of experience. Over time, he he has to develop that, and you know he's always talking about he's got to get better, he's got to get better. And Nagy says the same thing. As Bear fans, we just haven't seen it yet. Okay, uh, and, and and this is I'm really not trying to make it sound like I'm complaining that the Bears are two and one because I tell you, if you had asked me, you know, a month ago, hey, do you, you know the Bears are going to be two and one going into this game against Tampa Bay before their bye week, I would have told you you're crazy. All right. I, I would mm-hmm. have never expected them to, uh, you know, I, I, I really didn't think they would have beaten the Arizona Cardinals at the beginning of the year, let alone beat, um, uh, who was it that they beat two weeks ago? I, I forgot who they beat, but, um, look, I, I really didn't think they would be two and one at this point. I'm happy that they are. And I really, and I really think, you know, because Todd mentioned that this is a big game for the Bears. Absolutely it is. Because, you, I mean, wouldn't you Pretender, contender game, Cuervo. What's that? This is a pretender or contender game right here for the Chicago Bears. It is. Um, at the same time, I think, uh, you know, you, you'll feel a whole lot better about yourself being three and one going into your bye week instead of two and two. There's a big difference. Yep. So that's why it's such a big game as well because you go into the bye week. If you're three and one, you're feeling good about yourself. You come back, uh, and, and you know you pick up where you left off. Hopefully, um, maybe you're a little bit healthier. Um, you know things start to kind of fall into place. And I mean, last look at last week. I mean. You know, the winless Lions were were the only other team in the division that won a game. The Vikings and the Packers had both lost. So, Bears Mm -hmm. took care of business. And, you know, today it's kind of the same deal where hopefully they take care of business. Um, You know, 
Dallas Dallas is playing Detroit. Green Bay's got uh, Buffalo, and then Minnesota lost their game last, you know, just a few nights ago. So, yep, things could shape up for the Bears to be the only winner I- I- this weekend in the division as well. And and if that happens, going to that bye week, I'm telling you, Sonny, it, it's it's it could spell a very successful season for the Bears. And of course, I agree. That's what I'm hoping this, for. This. This is the signature game for them. You expected, I'm sorry, at the beginning of the season, you expected the Bears to lose to Green Bay. Okay? So it happened. It's done. They beat Seattle a couple of weeks ago. They beat the Arizona Cardinals. The problem is is how they beat the Cardinals. Okay? We're talking about a football team that don't have a quarterback, and they scored 16 points on them. Okay? Or 14. The Cardinals scored 14. All right? Mm -hmm. So – Without a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, you say whatever. You can have that mad love affair with Dan Bradford all you want. I ain't falling for it. Okay. I, yeah, but I'm going to tell you right now, right now, the, the best of the retreads right now is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't need to throw for 400 yards in this game. He can throw for 322 touchdowns and might get a good victory, a good solid victory against the Bears who are lacking offense. They only scored 16 points against the Arizona Cardinal defense. And they should have scored 21, if not 24 points against that football team. I'm scared of this game for the Chicago Bears. I don't think they're good enough to get over what they are supposed to get over if you're a good football team. Because next week, I'm sorry, you expect the Bears to beat the uh, the, the Miami Dolphins. I do. I expect it. A good football team should beat Miami. But mm-hmm. then, they have the, then they have New England, okay, after the bye. Which is a great time for a buy in reality, Cuervo, because they get a couple of weeks to lose against the Patriots. So at least maybe they can figure something out there in the buy and, and get them on a roll. And it, 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 it doesn't matter when you look at that game for the Bears. The Bears have to win. The, the, the Bears don't have to win, but they, don't, they can lose this game. They have to win this game, you know, this week to prove what kind of football team that they are going to define themselves at the rest of the season. Week number four comes a little early. I usually like looking at week number five for teams to step up, but the schedule sets it up for the Bears to have to define themselves as a football team in week number four this year. And I I just don't know if the secondary is going to be enough. I think they'll stop a couple of throws downfield, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of these quarterbacks that will try, try, and try again. Now, he will throw an interception, 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 but the question will be, will that happen against Chicago's uh, uh, secondary? I'm not get, I know I might not be giving their secondary enough credit, Cuervo, but that's where you beat the Bears because it's not on the defensive line. You're not going to beat them. And if they figure out how to stop Khalil Mack from getting to Ryan Fitzpatrick, that, which I think they can do if they double up, it does open up the other side. But the, the big talent is handled coming face-to-face. Face face. He's going to be coming right, right at Ryan Fitzpatrick's face. So if you can stop Mac, I think you stop the, the Bears from getting to the quarterback. And then the Tampa Bay Bear, Buccaneers, if they don't go deep down the field, they'll just throw it down the you know, short field. I, I, I think I, I just don't feel comfortable enough to pick the Bears in this one, which leads us to our next game that we're going to be talking about here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. I don't have a lot to say about this because it's the toilet bowl. It's the worst game on the, on the schedule. Seattle Seahawks have got off a of one and two. They lucky they won last week. 
and the Arizona Cardinals 0-3. That's no great big surprise. And and the only thing I'm going to do is I'm just taking the home team here, okay? All right, Josh Rosen should start. I don't know if he will or not. Will Sam Bradford be in with the offense? I don't know. But I, I don't trust either one of these football teams. I don't like either one of these football teams. I don't think either one of them are good football teams. Normally, I'd like to pick the better quarterback, and so that should automatically mean Seattle. But Cuervo, Arizona does do special things at home. I don't know if it'll happen. I mean, if Seattle wins, it won't shock me. But just for the record, I think I'm on the Arizona Cardinals to get the victory here at home against the Seattle Seahawks, who have been lackluster at best on the offense. But, you know, obviously, if the Bears can put up 16, Seattle should be able to put up 21 against this team. Well, I guess what you're saying is Seattle's got a better offense. And to an extent, yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I think I think the running game is starting to, you know, <coughs> kick in, kick in uh, you know, a higher gear, as you saw against the Dallas Cowboys last week. Um, so, yeah. you know, that, that's going to that's gonna be big, you know, because now all the pressure is no longer on Russell Wilson to make everything on that offense run. So if you have a running game, hey, that that I'm sure Russell Wilson uh, is is loving that, but um, <clears throat> you know, as far as Arizona, I mean, man, that, that's Josh Rosen is going to get his first start, like you said, and you know, we'll see we'll see how that works out. It's going to be a tough one because say what you want about Seattle's defense, and I know they lost all the big names, but I think they're still a, a good defense. You know, they're not great like they used to be. Uh, but especially at the linebacker position, they're still a very solid defense. So that that's that's going to be a big test for Rosen. Are you on Seattle or Arizona? I'm going to stick with Seattle. I think I don't think Arizona's got the got enough firepower offensively to score enough points against the Seattle defense. So I, I like I like the Seahawks. Well, when I was looking at it, and one stat that stood out to me, and it's it, it's our favorite player. I mean, I'm sorry, Larry Fitzgerald is just the class of the NFL when you talk wide receivers. I mean, he's just the coolest. Then you throw up the fact against the Seattle uh, Seahawks throughout his career, 11 touchdowns uh, against this team. He also has 163 uh, catches against this football team and 1,958 yards against Seattle Seahawks. Now, that having been said, that was with two Hall of Fame-type quarterbacks behind his back. I don't know if we're getting that today, um, but I think and, – and by the way, last week, Fitzgerald only caught two catches last week for nine yards. Okay? He's got a hamstring injury. So, you know what, Cuervo? The fact that he's got a hamstring injury, I think I have to flip my switch here. Um, I, I, the one reason why is I saw those stats earlier, but then I realized that there's a lot of there's two there's two injuries for a wide receiver that you don't want them to have. One is a groin injury. Okay, you don't want that. You also don't want a hammy. Um, and I think I, I think that hammy is enough for me to change my mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna head on over to Seattle uh, for this game. So I'll ask Todd. I mean, you know, is the injury gonna be enough? Is it gonna be too much for Arizona to overcome? Will they get Larry Fitzgerald back? What do you think about this game there, uh, Todd? Um, I don't like Arizona at all, and it's because I don't like either team. But 
Um, I think uh, the Seahawks are a little bit more healthier. Now they have a full strength at the receiving position. I think that Russell Wilson uh, will make enough plays. Yeah, and Russell Wilson will make enough plays um, when plays break down to big up critical first downs and move the ball enough. Uh, It's going to be an ugly low-scoring game. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in Arizona about anything. Um, They're in a lot of trouble. Um, um, Whether Josh Rosen plays or not, I do think he is going to start this game. He may give him a little bit of a lift, but I still think the Seahawks will confuse him uh, defensively enough. They have, as you say, a good linebacking core. Um, I can see the Seahawks doing just enough uh, to frustrate Arizona and come out of here with a four to seven point win, honestly. So I, I see that. And, and you know, that's what it is. It's just a coin flip game. And I hate those games um, in reality. So, you know, you just never know what you're going to get. It's almost like, of course, uh, Forrest Gump's chocolates. You know, that's what's happening today uh, in that game. So, uh, next game that's up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, and then we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and, and I don't have a lot to say about this because the Giants are the Giants are the Giants. New Orleans it is throwing the ball all the way downfield. They've been giving up defense, there's no question. But I don't think there's enough offense on the other side for the Giants square vote to be in this game, especially since Drew Brees has definitely find, found his, you know, niche right now. Throwing for over 400 yards a game, 390. Here it is, 39-49, 396, three touchdowns, and then one on the ground. Um, not only that, when he took that one on the ground, he made a great decision. Um, you know, I just don't think New, or- New York has got enough fire- firepower to stay in the game with the New Orleans Saints. What do you think, Cuervo? Yeah, Sonny, I'm with you. I, I feel the same exact way. I mean, New Orleans right now, you know, clicking clicking on all cylinders, and, and it's really going to be hard for anybody to stop that team. So, you know, the only saving grace might be – that the Saints' defense melts down. And, and, I mean, would that really surprise anybody if that happened? Uh, not really, but uh, that that's really the saving grace. So uh, I don't see that happening, though. I think the, the Saints have started playing better defense, and that's dangerous because that, that offense is already, you know, where it's at. And, you know, just a real quick note on this game, guys. I don't know if, have, if you guys have been uh, – if you guys have heard, but – there possibly could be history in this game. If, if Drew Brees throws for four, I think it's 418 yards. Uh, he'll, he'll break Peyton Manning's uh, record for career passing yards. So just something to throw out there, pay a little bit more attention to this game in particular. So we could see history with Drew Brees. I, I agree. And, and that is, that's, that's big news there as well. Um, as far as that's concerned. So let's go over just quick. Uh, Tarvin, he hasn't called in, but I got his picks. He's going to go with the Patriots um, uh, in, in the game uh, against Miami. He's on the Falcons against uh, uh, against Cincinnati. Uh, he went ahead and picked the Texans over Indianapolis. I don't know why. He's also on the Detroit Lions uh, as well as I am. Uh, and then Jags, he's on the Buccaneers, Pack- Packers, Titans, Seahawks, Browns, and Saints. And then the rest of the games, Chargers, Ravens, and Chiefs, and where he's at. Uh, so uh, I did not get – Yeah, hold on, New Orleans. Yeah, so he's on New Orleans in this one as well. Uh, Cleveland, is he on Cleveland? Did I say he was on Cleveland? Yes, so he's on Cleveland. So 
that brings us to where we're at, and I'll shoot it over to Todd. Todd, I don't know about, oh, oh, hold on. I think I lost Todd. I know who this is. Hop on 646. <laughs> Yo, this is Bryce calling from Brooklyn. What's up, guys? Hey, Bryce in Brooklyn. What's going on, big dog? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Um, hey, we were able to – I told you I didn't have a lot of faith in the Steelers' defense. They almost gave it up. But mm-hmm. we pulled it out again. Yep. Fitz putrid last week as he imploded. <laughs> uh-huh. Just what you kind of expected. At least right what I expected anyway. Um, didn't see a lot on there. As a matter of fact, I was the only one in our picks to grab up that Pittsburgh game. Um, uh, so I was pretty happy about that. And then I gained another one on Monday night against everybody who went against that one. Uh, so it was Pittsburgh – I was the only one on Pittsburgh, and I was the only one on uh, Detroit over New England on Sunday night. So I gained two back because I had a bad day during the day. But, you know, your Pittsburgh Steelers, they go up against Baltimore here, and uh, we might as well just jump to that one since I got you online because I know you're watching this one. This is the atypical AFC North battle, two-and-one team. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, the Steelers should be 2-1, but they're 1-1-1. and uh, They're really letting that first game against the Cleveland Browns count against them as a loss in reality when everybody, anybody's talking. And, and granted, the Steelers are not the Steelers of the past in reality, but right now, you know, he, he, people are saying that the Baltimore Ravens, you know, have the upper hand. I mean, the past three matchups, you know, they've been really good uh, in reality. Uh, Pittsburgh's 39 to 38 victory um, over them. Uh, you know, you know. I think that was like two years ago. Uh, but you know, take away from that, the Ravens always show up for this game. It's an atypical AFC North, you know, slobber knocker that happens each and every year, twice a year. Uh, this one happens to be in Pittsburgh. Um, but really. Everybody's talking about the off the field problems and everything else, and you know how the coach can't coach. Now he's letting have the team have too much of it. But they're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, and I don't want to hear stories about Ben Roethlisberger's texting someone to turn down music. I, I listen. You got Ben Roethlisberger. If you don't have enough respect for the guy in the locker room to listen to him, you, you're, you're just doing yourself a disservice. So if those stories are true, I blame the people who are acting like a bunch of idiots in the locker room because there is one winner in that locker room, and that's Ben Roethlisberger, Bryce. Yeah, I didn't hear about the texting thing. I have to get into that. Um, before I get into the Steelers, I want to give myself some credit I told you about those Tennessee Titans against your Jaguars. Yeah, you did, uh, Sonny. I told you. Does it throw the records out? I like the way the Titans come to play against the Jaguars. They have no, they have no fear of Blake Bortles whatsoever, and they play like him. Nope. You got to respect them yep. for that. And, and yeah. here's so, another thing. Yeah, go ahead. We didn't know Marcus Mariota was going to start that game. I'm not saying I would have picked Tennessee, but Tennessee at that home field, you know, man, they they work up some magic at Tennessee when they are playing at home. Again, I don't know if I would have picked them, but the fact that Marcus Mariota started, that would have it would have made that pick a little bit harder to pick. Yeah, well, I think they were actually at Jacksonville. It was Blaine Gabbard who was supposed to start that game, wasn't it? Yeah, he did. I think they were at Jacksonville. And I think with the way the styles of those teams, I just knew the quarterback didn't matter. 
The Tennessee Titans want a piece of the Jaguars. They don't believe in them. They don't fear them. They think their quarterback is trash. They think when we step on the field, we're the better football team. And they play like it. They do. I love Wesley Woodard yeah. wearing the Jaguar killer shirt afterwards. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> I like to see guys with rivalries like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, yeah. But, but in terms of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ravens, I love these games. I'm looking forward to watching it tonight. You got a lot of different storylines. I don't care about the off-field stuff. Here's the bottom line. When you step onto the field, Steelers and Ravens, <clears throat> it's going to come down to can the Steeler, can the Steeler defense get a, do enough to stop the deep ball? Because one thing Flacco does well is throw the deep ball. Um, he's got new yep. weapons. If they can put a lid on it um, and just stop getting gashed and actually play assignment-specific football, I think they can unleash their offense against a Raven defense that, you know, look, they play good defense, but I don't think it's an elite defense. I think Ben Roethlisberger is the best player on the field. And if he gets going at home, particularly at home in prime time, the Ravens are going to have a hard time stopping this guy. And if Pittsburgh can keep a lid on it and actually play some semblance of, of sound defense, they're going to walk away with the win. Remember the Ravens, Steelers are actually, from a division standpoint, a little bit higher because they tied the Browns. They didn't lose, and the Ravens got ran over by the Bengals, um, or, or yeah. thrown on, I should say. So I like our chances tonight. I'm going all in like I did last week. Even though I don't trust the Steelers' defense, I'm going with the Steelers tonight. Well, here's one thing you got to worry about as far as your Steelers' defense is concerned. Ben, uh, you know, uh, Joe Flacco, Okay. You know, say whatever you want, okay? But this is what's been going on. 899 yards with six touchdowns to just two interceptions. But here's the thing. I'm going to take that stats, throw them out the window. The Ravens are 12 for 12 in red zone opportunities. That means they're coming out with points. If they get to the 20-yard line, they're coming out with points. That might be enough. And this game scares me. Even though this game is at home, even though it's a, a you know Sunday night, you know big time game that's going on. This game scares me for your Pittsburgh Steelers and Cuervo. You know that that stat alone is the thing that scares me in reality when I'm looking at that game Sunday night. Twelve for twelve in the red zone for the Baltimore Ravens. You get the Pittsburgh Steelers that seem to be a little bit in disarray. What do you think about this one tonight, there, Cuervo? You know what, Sonny? I love watching this game, but I AFC hate picking North. this game. I hate picking it because I don't know what's going to happen. For all I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Steelers, the Steelers will will blow the doors off of them, or yeah, the Ravens might find a way to creep back in the game. All of a sudden, you look up and and the Ravens are winning by three. It, 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 it's it's but you know what that makes that's what makes this rivalry so great. It, it's because yep. if you even think about using the word predictable or ex, you know certain things you expect to happen, then you're not watching this rivalry the, mm-hmm. the right way. Because there is that there's so many question marks going into this game every time they play. You know, can Joe Flacco you know, uh, uh, bounce bounce off the pressure. Uh, can he find a way to, to, you know, extend plays? You know, Big Ben. You know, can he find 
can he find his tight end down the middle uh, before Eric Weddle lights him up? Like there, I mean, it's just there's so many variables to this game every time these two step on the field together. But that's what makes it so great. Like I said, I love yeah. watching it, but I hate picking it because there's just no damn telling what's going to happen, Sonny. But, you know, as far as tonight, I mean, <clears throat> I think what you're, you're going to see a, a rejolted Pittsburgh Steelers team. And, and the reason I say that, and Bryce may think I'm crazy for saying this, but I, now, Bryce, I'm going to give myself credit now. Remember last week we talked about it. I said the Steelers need to make a decision on what they want to do with Le'Veon Bell. And sure as heck, not even an hour after the show ended and the, the, the games had started, within the first 30 minutes, things started coming out about, oh, now, now, now the Steelers are actively uh, uh, looking at trade offers. And, 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 and you know what? That's what right. now, now you got the ball rolling with what you want to do with Le'Veon Bell. That right there alone, I think, is, is a really – you can take a deep breath if you're part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, Steeler Nation, Bryce included, uh, Steel City, everybody can take a deep breath now. <sighs> okay, now we know what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. Now we know what they want to do with Le'Veon Bell. Look, if he doesn't want to come in, he doesn't want to sign the tender, fine. Now, now they've made the decision they're going to listen to trade offers. And everybody can be at peace with it. And whatever happens from here happens. And I think that's the difference you're going to see between the Steelers last week and the Steelers today. That could be, and that could be a real big thing. Let's shoot it over to Todd. When you're looking at this game, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I think I, I, I think the stat I mentioned about Joe Flacco might be the thing that leans you over to end up taking Baltimore in this one. Um, I didn't, uh, but these games are always seemingly very, very close. They're decided by a field goal or less than a touchdown either way. Um, yeah, I think the Steelers obviously have the big issues that they have to deal with on the defensive side of the ball, but they did so made some plays last week on Fitzpatrick and some picks, and they did show uh, that maybe they're going to turn this thing around because we know they have better personnel than they've been playing. Um, I, As I said, I think the Steelers – uh, this is a rivalry that is you know, a very, very uh, unpredictable. And just because the games in Pittsburgh is the only reason um, that I'm giving the Steelers a very slight edge in this game. Um, you know, Flacco, as I said, um, has had some good games against Pittsburgh, but he's had some bad games against Pittsburgh as well. It's just, it's an un- anytime these two teams play, you got to figure it's going to come down to a play or a field goal at the end. Either way, it's a flip a coin game. I mean, but um, yeah. I, I I would just I, I just like Ben Roethlisberger's. Uh, I just think he's going to it seems like he's going to be getting things going, and he's been still throwing for a lot of yards and touchdowns. I just think the Steeler offense is more dynamic um, than the Ravens. He's going to keep them off guard, and he's going to be able to make big plays down the field. And um, I, if Browns going to have a breakout time, this is the day. Um, and so I'm, I'm going, I'm going with Pittsburgh. Um, but one thing about this rivalry is, it is very unpredictable and the road team wins a lot, uh, in this series. Um, and it's, it's a flip a coin, but again, when it comes down to quarterback play, it's who you trust the most. And, you know, Flacco has had his bad games as well. I mean, the first half of the Bengals game, 
Um, he was absolutely horrendous. Um, he, he's a Jack one high quarterback. Well, with Ben Roethlisberger, I just have more of a I just have more of a trust factor. Whether Bell is there or not, um, you know, Ferry will get enough uh, through the running game enough to keep the defenses honest. And as I said, Pittsburgh is one of those teams. Sonny, you're right that they don't have to run the ball that effectively, kind of like the Saints to win. And Ben could throw for 400 yards uh, and, and and overcome a lot of it. Um, so that's kind of what I see here. I, I went with Pittsburgh only because of the home team. I give a field goal advantage, maybe three or four points. Hey, Cuervo, let me jump back to New Orleans. Who was your actual pick against New Orleans and the Giants? We didn't spend a lot of time on it, uh, but who was your pick? I didn't actually write it down. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to go with the Saints, and I think that uh, – Drew Brees will fall just short of the record today, but obviously that means he'll get it next week. So, yeah, yeah. so I, th- I uh, a good one here, and and I was going to go to break, but you know I really I'm going to hop through this one because I don't have a lot to say about it. San Francisco lost his quarterback. I, I'm sorry, they might go winless for the rest of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo was the big reason why I had any kind of faith in San Francisco because they did the right thing. They got their quarterback. That That's the start. Uh, unfortunately, they're going against the Chargers at home. I, I don't see how they even have a chance. Cuervo, I, I, are, are you on Chargers over San Francisco, or am I missing something here? Cuervo, you're on mute. I'm here, sir. Yeah. Chargers over San Francisco? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know how anybody can pick the 49ers for the rest of the year with uh, with, yeah. with what happened to them. I mean, that, that's so unfortunate, you know, that Garoppolo goes down like that. And, um, you know, but I think it was – it was I'm trying to – no, it was Todd earlier that made the comment of – you know, the the 49ers are not quite where everybody thought they were, even with Garoppolo in the lineup. This is true. Mm-hmm. And now that he's not in the lineup, you're going to really see the, the I guess, the, the, the ugliness that was hidden uh, from this football team because of Garoppolo's play and how well he was doing. Now you yep. have C.J. Beathard in there, quarterback, and, and it's oh, really going to – it's it's gonna it's gonna really let John Lynch know where his deficiencies are in his football team as a general manager, and uh, you know th- you know what, Sonny? Not that it was good for Jimmy himself, but I think this was a good thing for the 49ers organization because again, I agree. Now they can really see where the deficiencies are in their football team, and say, yep, we need to fix that. And, and and because look, winning winning hides a lot of things when it comes to the you know the game. You know when you're winning, you don't pay you don't. A lot of times you don't pay attention to, okay, well what can we do better? Like oh we're winning we're good like, you know we're we're solid we don't need to fix anything right now. Let's just let's just keep rolling with it right. That's what most teams yep. do. But you got the exception. You got your Patriots. You got your Pittsburgh Steelers, the Philadelphia Eagles. The teams like that are always like, "Yeah, we're winning." But what else? What, what, what can? What else can we be doing more? What can we be doing better? That, that's three out of thirty-two teams that have that mindset. So, 
this happening to the 49ers can really help them in a lot of ways just by seeing what else they need to fix. Bryce, go ahead. Sure, guys. I got to get off the phone after this. But, yeah, I mean, I think the I think the 49ers uh, – sorry, real quick, I had to jump up. That's what we're talking about, right, the 49ers game? Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the 49ers are done. Um, I'm not really – I wasn't sold on them in the beginning anyway. Um, and, I, and I've said this before, you know, Jimmy G can throw the football, but at the same time – you know, you got to give it time to see, you know, is this guy the real deal or not? You can't just – we have this thing where we like to just anoint people. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm off the 49ers. You know, this is going to be quick for me. I think the Chargers at home um, make work of them. So that's it. it. Yeah, that's right. it for that one. Thanks, everyone. Right. It's always good to, always good to have you on, and thanks for joining thanks us here on Sunday morning. Thanks, and of course, go Steelers. <laughs> go Steelers, big Steeler fan. I'll shoot it over to Todd in this one. I, I, I don't think you've got very much anything different to say when you talk about this one. Todd, go ahead. Yeah, I lost you briefly. I just want to say oh, I'm, I'm well with the Saints, by the way, over the Giants. Um, uh, the Giants, uh, I know Eli had a big game last week, but uh, it won't happen. I think the Saints last week uh, are – started their role, whether the game's in the middle end or not. I look for the Saints to, to blow the Giants completely out of the water here, outside of maybe a couple Barkley runs and what have you. Um, this That, to me, is a blowout victory for the Saints. So I just want to get that because I lost you on that other call. But um, as far as this game's concerned, Sonny, um, the only time I might pick San Francisco now the rest of the year is that, is that they host the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, um, outside of that, it's – Outside of that, um, I cannot go with them anymore this year. Whether McKinnon, you know, is doing a respectable job in this in the running game, but the thing about it is, I can't see the Niners moving the ball effectively. I mean, C.J. Beathard played decently when I saw him in the preseason. The few times I saw him, but uh, preseason is not regular season. We know that you're going against second and third and fourth string players. Um, I can't see where the Niners are going to have a lot of uh, effect in this game, whether it is by running or through the air. And for the Chargers. Look, um, this is a game they're probably just rubbing their hands together because they, they are one and two coming into this game. It could be another failure of a disappointing season gets into their heads if they start off poorly. And we'll get to the Kansas City game later, but if the Chargers have any chance of winning this division, um, which I'm very tempted to change to Kansas City at this point, um, th- this is going to have to be the day they do it. And I, I can honestly see the Chargers putting all of it together. You know, Keenan Allen, everybody's back in the lineup. Um, this is going to be show-off day in Carson on a sunny, warm day out here. Um, I'll be forced to watch that game most of the day. But the reality is I, I like for the Rams, I mean, uh, the Chargers to run run this thing up against the 49ers. I don't see how San Francisco can even honestly be competitive. I can honestly see this game being kind of similar to what the Buffalo game was at the Chargers last year. If you remember when Keatman threw like uh, – five interceptions in the first half or whatever. This 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 has an ugly mark all written all over it. Um yes. this will probably be in all honesty the biggest blowout of the week. Um this yep. is gonna be ugly. The Chargers will have to win this game and they will. Yeah. Chargers looking to get back and then maybe make a stronghold towards the end of the season. 
We're going to take our last break here on the Couch the Tape Sports Show. We'll talk about the final game up on there. Kansas City is in Denver. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to coverage of, that being said, it is every Sunday morning on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Join us for the Sunday morning tradition that continues into week number four of the NFL. We'll hop into the break. We'll come back. We'll talk about Monday Night Football. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Raleigh Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally. Eagles letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? 
Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend, Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles that you know about perfection body sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. what he's done in the first three games, breaking all the records. League high, 39.3 points per game. Uh, more yards than anybody in the first three year, uh, three games. I mean, we can sit here and talk about it. 22 of 35, 284, an interception from home. Uh, and then uh, that, whole, uh, that whole thing is just looking really good in Kansas City. And but we've seen this Kansas City team before. Oh oh yes, no no, not contrary, Monfrey. Yes, we have. We've seen this team go off and start off the season strong, and just end up, you know, taking a a, a express train to you know mediocrity. And, and that's what we've seen with the Chiefs. Now, it's a little bit different. Obviously, they've got a quarterback to be their franchise guy. And whatever that means in reality, when you're talking about a football team and where they're going to go, Kansas City seems to be the team that, you know, gosh, end up, you know, all I'm hearing about is great things about this football team. And I, I'm right there with you. I, I, like, I like Kansas City. I like what's going on. Case Keenum struggled so far this season. Um, normally, an advantage for the the Denver Broncos is not the case with Case Keenum. All right, three touchdowns, five interceptions, season high low of 192 yards passing against Baltimore. Emmanuel Sanders has been his favorite target, though, 19 catches, uh, but – the simple fact of the matter is they just lost their tight end, Jake Butts, season-ending and torn ACL. Then the Broncos rookie running back, Philip Lindsay, and then Royce Freeman. They've only combined for 350 yards uh, the whole season. 
and, and you've got to get more production there. Although Lindsay has been out in passing plays, you know, and things like that. But the simple fact of the matter is the normal square vote, uh, well, I lost square vote, so I'll shoot it over to Todd. The normal advantage for a football team on Monday Night Football for the Denver Broncos is not necessarily an advantage this week against Kansas City. So when you're looking at this game, what are you looking at? I mean, do you like the Chiefs in this game to go in and and just defy the the home field advantage, which is the high altitude up in in Colorado, or do you expect Kansas City to uh, take the flop? You know what, Sonny? The thing is, you can't compare this Kansas City edition to other Kansas City editions. That was a that was a Kansas City team that was ball control. Uh, short passes, um, a totally different offense run by Alex Smith. This is now an exciting big play offense for Kansas City. Mahomes has already proven he can win in Denver. He did it last year in the final game of the regular season. And honestly, uh, Sonny, as a Bronco fan, I'm so honestly tired of hearing people talk about uh, the Broncos' defense, how it's still one of the best defenses in the league. How I, I'm tired of hearing it because, really, it's a bunch of crap. Because, really, ever since last season, I have been just so frustrated. When, when, when we were – our team, Denver, me and my team, was a dominant football team, and we were winning with Peyton Manning uh, for those years. The thing the Broncos were always able to do was jump off to a lead because – the other team, when they got the ball first, we'd always stop them three and out, or maybe they'll get a first down or two and punt. Now it seems like every game that we play, we're giving up points on the first drive, which sets the tone to play catch-up football. And this defense is not as daunting as it was. And you take Vaughn Miller out of the equation, and, you know, Shane Ray's decent, Wolf's decent, but and Chris Harris is decent in the secondary, and Bradley Chubb's decent. But they're a liability in coverage, especially Todd Davis, who cannot cover receivers coming out of the backfield. He can't cover anybody uh, at all in space. We get exposed there all the time. Um, I'm tired of hearing about, about you know, the dreaded defense. And um, it's not been there. It's been disappointing. It was garbage last week against the Ravens. Um, Case Keem has had five turnovers already. Uh, in interceptions. Last year he had seven the whole year. Okay, so um, I like the fact is um, Patrick Mahomes provides an element that the Chiefs did not have before, the long ball. Andy Reid has completely changed to his credit, his offensive philosophy to go with what is the strength of Mahomes. And um, whether this game is in Denver or not, and it, and it kills me to say this, um, I cannot see in any kind of a shootout situation Case Keenum beating Patrick Mahomes under any condition. I don't see it. And you're right. The tight end loss is big because that's another thing, too, is that the Broncos used to be very, very deep, Sonny, every year at the tight end position. You know, we had Virgil Green from Nevada, who was a third-string tight end, who really could have started, I thought, for – average football teams, and he was third string. We don't have that strength anymore. Uh, that's not a, a, a – now with Bud being out, that that hurts us. Uh, that hurts Keenum. And and to be honest with you, Sonny, I, I don't uh, – Keenum to me kind of reminds me of Kyle Orton. I mean, maybe I'm being really critical, 
I've, I've suffered with him for years here that, you know, he put up the yards, he, he completed safe passes and do these things. How many wins did we get? And I'm, I'm eating to see the same thing here. And the Broncos are going to be in trouble if they don't win this game. Uh, they'll be sitting at two and two. They'll be two games out in the division. Um, I don't see the Broncos be able to cover Hunt, uh, Kelsey, and anybody else. Um, we have some good playmakers on the defense, but it, it's not mattered. It's not been enough. I mean, to be honest with you, Flacco tore us apart last week, um, even with his stupid legs, of all things. Um, if he's going to do that, what do you think an offense like Mahomes and his receivers are going to do to our defense? So I don't care the games in Denver. It's not the home advantage it once was. And as I say, as it kills me to say this, um, I have, I'm going to be forced to go with Kansas City uh, in this one. All right, so that's, my, that's pretty much all I got on this. I can't go with Denver. I'd love to, but I can't. I, I was just looking. And, you know, the, the funny thing about this is when they play at home, you know, they, they should be able to win these football games at, at mile high. Last year was the first year where you kind of saw teams go in there and not worry about it. New England was one of them. Cincinnati was another football team that went in there. Now, granted, that was earlier in the season, but Kansas City went in there, beat them by three, 27 to 24 last year. Okay, so that, that home field advantage, as much as I like it, you know, for, for the Denver Broncos, and when you're talking this game, it, it's always something that's going to be there. But here's the difference, I think. It's Patrick Mahomes. And you say whatever you want about him, you've got all the talent in the world, but what, what has he done? enough to where you can say he can go in the mile high and be what he needs to be. And, and I know he's broken all the records, and I, with all due respect, I'm actually going to go on a gut pick on this. Okay? I'm going to go on gut pick that Patrick Mahomes might not be ready for the for the the altitude. I think they'll go in there with a very confident attitude that they're going to win this football game, and I think it's going to turn around and revert and get back to him. Listen, there's absolutely no reason to pick the Denver Broncos in this game. None. I get it. I understand it. I watch these games. And as much as I w- will admit that I'm <clears throat> sorry, that I'm <clears throat> wrong in these games, I could be completely wrong in this one. But the first game, Patrick Mahomes in Denver. It doesn't it, – it, there's just – if he wasn't having the success that he was having, we wouldn't be talking about very long about this game. We would be talking about exactly what I'm talking about. And because he's had three straight games where he has been out of his mind, there's also, you know, Vegas in my mind that sooner or later this guy's going to fall on his face. Why not be in a, in a town where, that first of all, the home team's used to it. And second of all, you still have yeah, – I think I'm in agreement with Todd on what he says about the defense. It's not what it used to be, but it's good enough. It, it's not good enough to win consistently all over the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I completely get it. But at home, and then you get Patrick Mahomes, rookie guy in reality. Um, he, he obviously was there last year, but the guy had no time out on the football field. He doesn't know what it's going to be like. I, I'm just going hunch pick. 
because if this game was in Kansas City, I'd take Kansas City. If it was a neutral spot, I'd take Kansas City. I'm saying I don't think Patrick Mahomes is ready for this game, and I don't think they're ready. For, I, and, and, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. This is a complete and utter gut check pick for me because I don't like the Denver Broncos whatsoever. But I like that home field advantage. I like what they're capable of doing. And when a rookie walks in there without being prepared for that, now, granted, if I'm saying that they should be all over it, but they still got to do it out on the football field. They that what they need to do for, to prepare and things of that sort. The question is, is will Patrick Mahomes be able to get up from it? And I don't know, because if you go back to those games that they did lose last year, they were losing against football teams that were good quality football teams. And and say whatever you want, Cincinnati was a good football team, uh, but that, uh, well better than the Broncos. They were three and seven at the time. But remember, it was the New England Patriots that they got that that they took the loss against. That was a good football team. Uh, they took a, a loss against the Kansas City Chiefs in the last game of the year. They were five and eleven. They weren't even in that game. So it, I don't even trust it. But earlier in the year. When uh, when you have teams going in there, the New York Giants went in there and beat them last year. It, but that was also, say whatever you want, Eli Manning's a good quality quarterback. I'm not saying that Mahomes is not, but he's not Eli Manning yet. I, I mean, it, I'll go back to Dennis Green. If you want to crown him, then crown his ass, okay? All right, but I, I'm not falling for this, okay? I'm not falling for the Patrick Mahomes Kool-Aid. I think they're a good football team, and I think if they're at a different place, they win this football game. I'm just thinking I, I'm, I'm going on the other side, and I know I'm in the minority in this pick because I know that the Cuervo, even though he's dropped off, is picking the Kansas State Chiefs in this game. I know he is, um, and uh, so is Tarvin. Um, so I'll shoot it back to Todd one more time. I mean, I, I granted I didn't say anything that you didn't say or didn't think about. I, I'm just going on the other side. I'm picking your Denver Broncos to get a surprise victory today. Well, I appreciate the respect of that. And you're right. The only reason you would would be the home field advantage. I'd agree. But Mahomes has already shown he can handle that environment. He did it last year. Although I realized the last game, the game had no meaning for Denver. It was Brock Osweiler, and that's said there. But, um, you know, he still, Mahomes still showed an awful lot in that final game. He has experience winning there. And, you know, again, I – I'm very, very close to changing my Charger pick to the Chiefs of the division. But, you know, obviously a season's not one on three games. I get that. Um, you know, I could see where Von Miller could force the head games of this kid and, you know, get two or three sacks. And that's, you know, they have they have defensive playmakers. And it's, it's not a matter of that. It's still a decent defense, but it's only a now a possible defense. And everybody used to fear that defense, and they don't anymore. You can beat this team deep. Teams, teams do it. I mean, the Ravens did it, um, you know, and so I'm just concerned, you know, what are the, what are the Broncos going to be able to do offensively, uh, in, in my opinion? I mean, you know, unless Thomas has a wake-up call and has a big game, and the running game is, is basically they use three different running backs, and maybe that's the problem is that they should feature one running back and just go with one guy, and it's like every game, man, they use – Lindsay and then Freeman and then if one uh you know if they uh you know have a couple runs where they run the wrong reads or something they didn't do in pass protection then they come out 
and then you'll you'll see Booker, who's been rarely used. Come now, he's basically been dropped and they with lost their extreme. Anderson from last year. Yeah, but he was not special. I mean, he was his strength. He was a lot like Keyshawn Marino, Sonny. Is that he had a heart. He had a heart of gold. He ran hard, but he's an average. He was an average talent. And I think you know Royce Freeman uh, is a better talent at that running back position. But as far as I'm concerned, the Broncos need to make a decision on who's going to be their feature running back. You drafted Freeman. You need to go with him. Lindsey's a great story. Special teams. He helps out all over the place. You can still utilize him, but he's he's very very small. He's going to get killed if you don't. It's just like McCaffrey. You know, Carolina finally is starting to learn that you know you got to use McCaffrey more on the outside. I just hate to see five foot nine and five foot ten inch running backs run in the middle because they're going to get slaughtered. And you know, yeah. the, I just think the Broncos need to make a decision on which running back is going to be the feature running back and just go with him. And um, you know, you have a first round draft pick at Freeman. Uh, he scored a touchdown last week. I just think he should be the one getting the ball. But uh, Case Keenum is just erratic. I mean, on plays he rolls out, he has the wide open first down. He throws the ball low. Um, you know, he's he's not making the same kind of throws he did last year. And it's, you know, as maybe it was, as I say, it was a one-year wonder. What he's doing now is more of a Case Keenum that I've seen in the National Football League at yep. this point. So, I just, I, if I, let me, I put it to you this way. If I had more trust in my quarterback, this is a slam dunk. I'd go with Denver. But I just think that Kansas City is going to score enough points. Um, we know defensively they're not that great, obviously. But I, I just think Kansas City's got a lot of confidence going right now. Mahomes has already proven they can win. I'm sure Andy Reid will have his team prepared. And very honestly, I'm not. Don't think Vance Joseph does anything for me as a football coach. I mean, I think he's weak. I wish we'd get Gary Kubiak back. Honestly, uh, that's. We, I wish if he was healthy, I wish he would return because Joseph does nothing for me. So that's why I went with Kansas City. But I understand your thinking why you picked Denver uh, because of the home field advantage. So anyway, I'm going to get going. I'm going to let you wrap this thing up. It's a good thing in my right mind, you know, in my right mind, Todd, I'm I'm picking Kansas City. I might be resisting the Patrick Mahomes Kool-Aid, too. I might be saying, you know, I've had enough. I don't need another cup. But Cuervo, since you're back in here, you know, sooner or later, this guy's going to have a bad game. And, and, you know, granted, he got the victory in the last game up in Mile High. But, man, there's still something about Mile High. Um, and, uh, you know, granted, they were 5-11 and 11 last year, that being the Broncos. They're a little bit better in this situation, especially if they get a win this week. Do you think they could come out on top of this one here today? You mean the, the Chiefs or the Broncos, Sonny? The Broncos. I mean, I think they could. I mean, look, Denver is a, a, a very good team at home that extremely tough to beat. Um don't, don't, what I would say about that is um, for both teams, you know, on Denver's side, this is the best offense that I think they've gone against so far this year. And for Kansas City, this is going to be the best defense that they've gone against this year. So, with that all being said, I mean, to me, that is going to be what you want to look for. When, when Kansas City has the ball, okay, who – 
which one of these brick walls are going to fall first? You know, is it going to be the walls of the, you know, the, the defense in Denver, or is it going to be the wall of, you know, the Chiefs offense that, that starts to fall apart? That's, the, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. When Mahomes has the ball, Von Miller's chasing him down, what's his decision-making like? Like, that's, that's when you really know what kind of quarterback you have. Sitting in the pocket, finding open guys, that's great and all, but I want to see him, you know, with, with a little, uh, you know, facing a little bit of adversity, maybe down a little bit, because you haven't really gotten that from the Kansas City Chiefs yet, Sonny. They, they've, they've been up in all three of their games. Uh, I think they're 3-0, and if I remember correctly. So They are. Where, where is the adversity in this football team so far? You know, that it looks pretty right now, but wait till somebody punches them in the mouth. And I think the Denver Broncos have what it takes to do that. So we'll see how it works out. How, are you are you picking the Denver Broncos in this one? Uh, you know, Sonny, um, the fact that the game's in mile high, yeah, I think I like Denver. I think I'm with you. Um I think this is a different type of environment than Patrick Mahomes is used to. I'm not saying Pittsburgh is a walk in the park, uh, but at the same time, we all know that the the problems that the Steelers are having internally on defense and just overall as a football team, they've 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 got a lot of things they need to work on. But you know, <clears throat> Kansas City really hasn't faced any type of adversity, and Denver's going to be a team that punches them in the mouth, and and we'll see how they respond. And I expect. Mahomes to revert back to maybe some old habits that he has, um, and that could cost the the Kansas City Chiefs their undefeated record. I think you're right. And by the way, it, 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 it's it, it's not. I I don't think that they're a better team. I just you know at home I think it's different. By the way, I just want to let someone know, and, and and I don't care if you're on Fox TV. I, I I'm I'm calling BS on you guys. Okay. Because you have a show, okay, that is called, that being said, a podcast. And, and if you can't give enough originality to get away from my name of my show, okay, then you need help, of course. So maybe we should take that show over. But if it was any good, people would listen to it, and I don't know how much people are listening to it. So I'm not saying they're listening to us. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But come on, Fox. Get a little bit better on this, okay? Stop stealing what we got going on here. So just just to let you know. So I I, I, I just put that out there just to, to let everybody know. It's George and uh, Sammy Jacor. Um, so uh, over on S O N T S Sports, uh, which is actually also a little bit back with fat, uh, with Fox Money. Why don't you back us with a little bit Fox money? That's what we'll take. We'll take a little bit Fox money. But, you know, that's it, guys. So I'm calling the Dickie's Barbecue Yellow Hanky against those guys, stealing that being said on the sports show. And, of course, if you put in that being said and sports, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, that being said, is overpowering over there. So we'll just make sure that we, we take that over there. <clears throat> God, unbelievable. But that being said, of course, that's the name of the show, uh, Cuervo. We, we we did it. We got through all of them. Uh, let's recap just a little bit here. Uh, going into this week, 
Cuervo is leading with 28-18 and two. I'm one game behind them. I just got lucky on Sunday night and Monday night to get two games uh, to get to 27-19 and two. And then Tarvin and Todd, they're both at 26 and 20. What we'll do, Cuervo, is we'll do the relook at the uh, divisions next week as we are out of time because we're taking it right up to uh, we're taking it right up to uh, red zone. So, anything before you want to get out of here, Cuervo? Uh, yeah, just one thing, Sonny. The uh, the fifth magic ends today. Go Bears. Go ahead. Uh, no, what I was saying is the the, the fifth magic is going to go away starting today. So bear down, go bears. I, I it, good luck with that. I, I I hope for the bears' sake that is the case. So uh, and also just a, a, a shout out. You know, I, I I'm loving that Denver pick. I'm feeling more better about it every minute that goes by. Okay, yeah, right. All right, that's gonna do it for us there on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Join us next week. Also, Thursday night football, the Raleigh Eagles take on the South Garland Colonels. You'll hear that coverage on Thursday with the pregame show at two o'clock, kickoff at seven. Everybody, hope you have a great day. Thanks for joining us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's our ninth season, our thirty-fourth episode. We just be that bad. We're out of here, everybody. Bye-bye.